Oh, Gretna. Don't you dare be sour. Uh, God bless the new day. Clap <laughs> for your world-famous tag team champions and feel the positivity. Thank you. Do you know that new newspaper, The New Day? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Did you see went... the other day when they got The New Day to edit The New Day? I laughed so hard when I saw that. <laughs> I saw the new, so I saw The New Day reading The New Day. Oh no, they edited The New Day for The <laughs> no, Day. No, they edited it The New Day. I wish I bought that copy. They edited The New Day for The Day of the, the Day of the First on The New Day. It's now, it's now going to be an old day because it was last week. Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, The New Day. Jesus. Welcome to the Conquistables. Tonight, the Conquistables face the spooky horror of Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc 1996. Making their way through the graveyard tonight, the man of a thousand holds, Karen Phillips, the enforcer, Ewan Taylor, Double J, Phil Doyle, only tonight on the Conquistable. So, Phil, I'm going to the Ron Smackdown tapings in Glasgow. I hate you. I'm taking a Conquist Force sign. Yes! <laughs> we love you. We love you, Ewan. I'll, I'll get at least the Hope one up as well. Yes! Internet fame awaits. <laughs> Conquistomania. On the other side of it, please, you and on the other side of it, please just put the words Lana equals Stoner. <laughs> Lana just equals, Lana they'll never equals, know. Lana equals Stonomania. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do that just for you, Cameron. Thank you. That'd just be good. Just flip that over at an opportune moment. Stoner, Stonomania. Yeah. yeah. Stonomania. <laughs> That's uh, that's another T-shirt uh, for the shop, isn't it? Surely. <laughs> She's, people are going, "What's that stoner?" It's like, ah, <laughs> you never know. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's when you're very excited about something. <laughs> it's, like a term, it's a term. It's a term of Like a small child who's seen a cake. That's what there's, it is. There's probably more chance of this thing getting on um, SmackDown because we've got better seats. We're up in the heavens for Raw. All oh, right. Okay. Well, cool. SmackDown, we're on the second tier, so there'll be a chance to they'll see it. So is it is it one night after the other? Then I'm assuming yeah, Raw's the Monday night and SmackDown's Tuesday. Yeah. Cool. Which also means they'll probably be recording superstars and um, main events. I'll probably get to see like such great talents as oh, I don't know anyone who's not favorite right now. <laughs> Damien Sandow. Oh, poor Damien. Uh, yeah, I know. Never mind. Yeah. Any, anyway, well, I'm going to count all this being in the podcast because that was good. That was good. <laughs> so that's fine. We'll lead with the uh, the new day, the new sorry, the new cam yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Coming out of a box of cameos. Oh, oh, yes. oh. yeah, that'll do. And then in, into you uh, and uh, attending wrestling shows. Yep. Which we have to talk about that because we should be doing that on a wrestling podcast. You know, you should. Yeah. Here's, much, yeah. here's the question, Karen. What sign do we take to ICW? <laughs> Carmel equals Stanners. <laughs> oh. Stonomania, uh, stay on brand, stay on brand. 
Oh, no, no, wait, no, wait. Why did you have t-shirts printed, won't you? The dodgiest film. No, 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 no. I've got it. I've got it. Stoner section. Oh. <laughs> Stoner section. No. <laughs> kind of wrong. <laughs> no. That's that's very boring on Operation U Tree. That's. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you have to over 16 to get in. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Be I'm fine. sure Jimmy Sample said the same thing, but you should. <laughs> Jesus. It doesn't necessarily mean it's allowed. Elvis here in the pitch. Anyway, um... <laughs> wow, we've descended into chaos, which is probably for the best, considering what's going to come up on this show. Probably, yeah, pretty much. Try. Uh, I did. Oh god, it's been a while since we, since we last recorded. I did do my usual list of things that have happened since the last show. Uh huh. Which I don't... too many. Talking, talking about stoners. <laughs> I don't think is anywhere complete, but I'll just run through it really quick. Shall I run yeah, through it really quick? Yeah. I'll go through it really quick. Um, what have we got here? I've got um, Hogan is a naughty man, but he's a very rich naughty man. <laughs> yep. Now he is, yeah. Because he won his trial against Gorka and got $115 million just for starters. Well, I don't think he's got it yet because apparently Gorka have not got $115 million to give him yet. So. It'll be like that um, in the O.J. Simpson civil suit where he lost and had to pay the family 30-odd million and he's only paid him like hundred half a million dollars so Sorry. far. You'll, you'll see Gorka and Camp will take it away next week. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Um, there was, after Wrestle Kingdom 10? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank 10, you. Yep. Uh, there was a mass exodus for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'll go through that from the top. So AJ Styles, the uh, Machine Gun, and Doc Gallows. Some guy I call that guy. And Shinsuke Nakamura. Sorry, hang on. Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh my, half-mast. Yeah. Uh, all handed a notice and promptly uh, ran across the ocean to join WWE. Well, AJ Styles did at the Rumble, and then there was the great big faff for the Machine Gun and gallows intro which was this week yep and in between that shinsuke to turn up on nxt showed up has made his debut at the NXT takeover show in Dallas which was before WrestleMania 32. Yep. Which was probably the match of the year. I think so the fact it got a wrestle forever chant. <laughs> yes. And the uh, had my favorite moment where uh Shinsuke is in the ring walking towards Shami Zayn and he just picks up the hard cam and just gives it a wink. Yep. <laughs> just looks up there's the camera wink. So great. <laughs> We'll probably talk about that match. Maybe not this podcast because I'll just talk about it for an hour because I've watched it like so yeah. many times. But yeah. um, and also WrestleMania 32. I don't think we're going to get into that too much. No, we'll do five hundred reviews. I've got mine set up already. Go on, you in. Uh, NXT was better. Watch that, man. 
I'll ask you mine now then. NXT was so much better. <laughs> Two hearts beating as one. What's your uh, What's your review, Cameron? Uh, better than we really anticipated. Mm. Oh, that's fair. There you go. So that's the definitive review to WrestleMania from the Conquistadors. I had another one that was main event fell off cliff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had another one, Roman Reigns, boo, Roman Reigns. <laughs> that's almost like a haiku. Hang on. <laughs> Uh, Dean Ambrose Triple H better. There you go. True. Yeah, pretty much. Because I think just to go off Triple, they tried to redo that main event with Roman Reigns, and it didn't work because Dean Ambrose is a better worker. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we had so we had WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania thirty two. Also, they announced the Global Cruiserweight Contest, which made the internet explode. Yes. So this is WWE teaming up with is it Evolve? And Evolve Progress. Low to the independent people, isn't it? Yeah. Basically, I think they're going to be going looking and going. Right, we'll have you. We'll have you. We'll have you. We'll have Basically, Vince McMahon's going shopping. Pretty much, um, because as uh, referring to the previous exodus from New Japan Pro Wrestling, there was one Kota Bushi showing up in the crowd at NXT. <laughs> yes, which gave me tingles. As did one Bobby Roode. Yes, because also TNA's been rubbish. Although apparently morale's really good. <laughs> I doubt that very much. No, no. Did no. I tell you about my debate with Dave Lagana? Oh, go for it. Did you not see this on Twitter last Sunday night? Did not. I have to go to Twitter now. Hang on. Right. Um, Dave Lagana of TNA producing fame and booking decides to go on Twitter like an hour before it's on challenge here in the UK. And he says, are any of my followers in the UK? And I was just like, well, yeah, me. Will he be watching Impact Wrestling tonight? And I wasn't the only one, obviously. Yeah. And then just kind of, will you be watching Impact Wrestling tonight? And I went, well, I haven't watched it in a while. I could give it a go. And he was like, going, okay, I'd be interested to hear your feedback. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. So he regrets this decision. <laughs> I don't think Dave Lagana was quite prepared for my minute by minute live tweet session. <laughs> um, to be honest, um, I think I maybe bombarded him a bit, and we had an argument about the finale. Uh-huh. It was the show in which there was Jeff Hardy and Drew Galloway versus Matt Hardy and Tyrus. Shit, well, that just sounds awful already. <laughs> I was all right actually, but it was the, the there was going to be a one on one match between the two Hardys next week, but the winning team got to decide the stipulation. Okay. Now, Drew Galloway is obviously the world heavyweight champion. Correct. So the show wins. Matt Hardy screws over Jeff, pins him. He wins. They bugger off. Then Lashley, who's now a heel, comes down to the ring and spears or gores Drew Galloway twice. Right. Now, my argument to that was that felt really tacked on at the end. After the and the, match, world champ- yeah. the world champion should always be your focus. And he retaliated with, yeah, but it, it was at the end. And, you know, we are concentrating on the world champion because he was that was the final shot of the night. I was like going, yeah, but I know that Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy are fighting next week. Who's Drew Galloway got? And then it was instantly followed up two seconds later by, thank you for your opinion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, no. sorry. And then he didn't ask me to do it again this week. So, so that's a, that's I think strange. That, so basically you're... <laughs> You were nearly on staff then, by the sound of things. I think I was I was nearly part of the TNA booking squad, I think. <laughs> I've always wanted to meet Billy Corgan. Anyway. Yeah, I, like, um, I, like, I, like, I like this tweet. Drew Galloway nearly landed on me at an ICW Glasgow ICW show. True story. <laughs> yeah. He never asked. Never asked. But it's true. And Ewan was there. <laughs> yep. And Lisa was there scared too. <laughs> yep. I just wonder if James Stone's kind of looking at his contract thinking, should I stay with NXT? Should I stay? So they stay there. Well, considering he's now probably being paid in like beans or something. This, this is ridiculous, isn't it? 
I, I don't like the whole, I don't go out my way to like trash TNA because it is. I do. I'd rather, <laughs> I know, but I'd rather more wrestling companies existed than, you know, yeah. than didn't. That's a fair um, argument right I think there. It's, at, at this and, point, though, what is TNA? Well, exactly. That's, that was going to be my point. They've spent so many years trying to chase whatever's popular at the time. Mm. They've never actually established their own identity. No. Now, well, if you go back to like some TNA shows from like 2005, 2006, the crowd are mental. Yeah. Um, because there was a genuine desire and appetite for something different from WWE. Yeah. And then they start signing, you know, they got Hogan and Bischoff, and That's then they start signing people, like, you know, like the nasty boys and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And my argument would be they have never recovered from that. That derailed him completely. Never, ever recovered from that. Yeah. I think it would be worth doing an episode on the Conquistadors one. If we can find the 2010 episode of Impact that started off Hogan's era. Oh, there. God, yep. Then Do that's about time. two hours. That would be, be a really good episode of Conquistadors because we can look back and see what the heck what was going on. Oh, we'll do that on, the, on, on your sister show, the Primetime Conquistadors. Oh, yeah, do the Primetime Conquistadors. Yeah, primetime, that was yeah, fun. Was, yeah. Me, me and Cam did a little filling show there, Primetime Conquistadors. Uh, that that launched. Can I say launch? Is launch the right word? It kind of flopped out the gate, yeah. Flopped out the gate. <laughs> on our new SoundCloud page, which took me, you know, a good day set up. That's all nice that and was shiny. good. That's good. The SoundCloud page is really good, actually. Yeah, I, I like it. it. We won't mention which one's been downloaded the most. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, there were some various title changes. Obviously, at WrestleMania, Roman Reigns became your champion. Uh, Zack Ryder became the Intercontinental Champion for a day, which was a good moment for him. And all that, but then, then he was, lost it to the Miz. The, the Miz, but I get, I get, I, I hopefully they're going to give it to Cesaro, but never mind. Uh, Atska won the women's belts. Atska, who is the most strangely alluring slash terrifying lady in wrestling, she's one of the type that would like rip your clothes off and then be really nice, but then get really rough with you. I imagine. Yeah, what before or after she eats your soul? Something like that. Yeah, she's just terrifying. I'm uh, game for it. If she is. <laughs> yes, I think most of us will be. Um, uh, the women's division was renamed from the Divas to the, to the they're just superstars now aren't they they're just WWE superstars they're just superstars but they also then in that same uh, vein also forgot about 10 years worth of history yes which is what they do isn't it yep yep um, but they got a new belt which doesn't look too bad it's alright I mean it's basically just, it's the a slightly smaller heavyweight belt but white yep fair enough and yeah, then it's got a red background rather than a black one yep. yes I mean yeah. that belt. I mean that belt needs to be redesigned anyway. But that's a whole other conversation. That well, is. yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, sideways thing to that. Do you see that post the WWE did of all the current uh, wrestlers with old belts? Yeah. Yes. I saw Kevin. This isn't a new song. thing. This this happens a lot, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. But it's cracking. Seeing like the new day with the old um, tag belts and stuff. Oh, Al must have been so happy. Yeah, and like you said, like Kevin Owens and his son with the heavyweight belt, the, the winged eagle belt as well. Yeah. That was cracking. And um, at a live house show for NXT, uh, Samoa Joe beat Finn Balor. Mm. Finn Balor, as pronounced by Adrian Neville. <laughs> <laughs> you might remember him when he, they had their yes. feud and he was on commentary. He's like, they were kind of going, so what do you think of Finn Balor then? And he's like, why Finn Balor's like to be a tough battle man? Why? In the finals of this tournament, would it be Bauer or, or a Tommy? Well, Alex, I don't think you can deny the talent of a man like Finn Balor. Oh, Al's going to be upset at you. Al's going to be very upset. That's a cracky action, that is. Why, Finn, <laughs> Finn Balor? Oi. Why does he sound like the Hairy Bikers? Because <laughs> he, he is one of the Hairy Bikers. Because really one short. of them is. Oh, speaking of that, Neville got injured. We're doing, Neville got injured, didn't he, doing a baseball slide? Yeah. yeah. Which, 
you see the video where he's on WWE.com where he was they were examining his ankle and he, yes. they told him they sort of went look this is bad. we can't so we need to x-ray it but it's looking like pretty bad yeah. and you're probably going to be out for a little while and then his first reaction is that he's going to miss WrestleMania and he is genuinely bless him gutted that is, yeah. that's heartbreaking that little video is yeah but that was like this weekend where because everybody was ragging on Chris Jericho being like a, an idiot and a cool dad and an idiot and all that and then all these statements are correct. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, he turns heel, he goes into Canada, gets himself over as a heel in Canada as a Canadian, which was one of the most amazing promos I've seen for a long time. Uh, do you see when he he walked out, he ripped up a Get Well Soon Bret Hart poster as well? <laughs> just to underline that. And then, and then in the middle of a match when Neville gets injured, he just about gets them out of it in a kind of half-decent way. Like that mm-hmm. video that broke down what happened, I thought was like was an interesting little watch. Where they kind of said, you know, yeah. about you know, the um, the ref didn't hear it and stuff, and and the subsequent argument involving F-bombs got himself DQ to try and make it better and all that. So that was good. That was a good little video. That and I think that in that weekend, everyone, everybody again went. Actually, Chris Jericho was not bad. You know, that's going to be like Charles Martin's performance review. That video is going to get played over and yeah. over again. <laughs> He's just going to get played again. Um, and so tick that, tick that, tick that, and. Uh, Bulls Mahoney died yeah. last week, and China died last week mm-hmm. as well. The ninth wonder of the world, yeah, and erstwhile porn mistress. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit unfair to sort of tag her with that, though. Yes, probably. <laughs> that's the that, that's the tragic thing. Everyone's kind of like, you know, she's like wrestler and porn star. That's what the BBC know, did, wasn't it? Just well, yeah, it kind of just. Like, oh, well, what can we connect yeah. her to? Oh, that and that, that'll do. Yeah. That guy's dick. It's difficult because, you know, Triple H, when asked, did, you know, he used that as his reason why she wasn't in the Hall of Fame and all that because his daughter would, you know, Google it and she'd find that out and she'd find out that uh, he hit her and that Trip Stone Cold, uh, you know, assaulted his wife. And wait a second, yep. they're in the Hall of Fame. What's going on? Next puck slept with trainer, but he's in the Hall of Fame, but that doesn't get any. Oh, no, I'm in a big, I'm in a big thing of hypocrisy. Oh, help me. Is X Pac in the Hall of Fame? Is, did, didn't DX yeah. get inducted? DX got inducted. Did they? All right, okay. Yeah. Right, as a unit, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, like they did the horsemen, so Rick Flair's in there twice. Oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. I just couldn't remember him being there individually. That's, okay. Like he's been in a few places twice, you know what I'm saying, boys? You know what oh, I'm saying? It's enough, Dad. Rick Flair, Rick Flair, what a hero. Yeah, quick fact check. Uh, X-Pac is not in the Hall of Fame, uh, not the WWE Hall of Fame at least. Uh, he was only there when Shawn Michaels was inducted and Scott Hall was inducted as like a supporting guy, not actually there himself. So I was wrong, Ewan was wrong, we're wrong. But then you don't come to the Conquistadors for accuracy. You come for rambling, I guess. Yeah. Okay, bye. Yeah, so that's um, that's pretty much everything that's happened in the world of wrestling. Well, probably loads more has happened than that. I don't know what else has happened. Um... <laughs> Cut. We'll move I can't on. Think then. Of anything else? Yeah, I move think what on. you're trying to say, Phil, is that the amount of stuff that's happened between our recordings and wrestling is actually quite scary. Scary, like in a kind of Halloween kind of vibe. Oh, look at him! I know yes! it's been ages since last recorded, but you know that's that's some good work from from Cameron there with the segways. But first, I need to apologise. <laughs> Dude, 
Yeah, you you bloody do. I'll put, <laughs> I'll put some apology music in there. Not sure what that is, but it'll go in. Now, I remember on the last podcast when I believe Cameron asked what we're going to do next, and I leapt in to say, "Oh, it's my pick next." But I was woefully ill prepared for this because I hadn't prepared. It meant I was ill prepared. <laughs> so. Grasping at straws, I remembered I was reading um, an issue of Calling Spots magazine, the uh, Conquistadors' favourite wrestling magazine. Yes. Uh, hi, Richard. Hi. Hi. Um, hi. What happened again? We pro- we're sorry. Um, and I remember reading an article in there about 1996, and it's talking about how good that year was. And it mentioned a one page view that was probably, it, it, it kind of figured, WWE's best page view for a long time. Which featured um, Rey Mysterio and Dean Malenko as like in the opening match. I think it was Rey Mysterio's debut for the company. It was like a cracking pay-per-view and it kind of built up all that. And it was like a really good one. So I thought, oh, I remember that. Oh, I think it was Halloween Havoc 96. Let's do Halloween Havoc 96. I remember that being like a good review in, in Corny Spots magazine. I checked on Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, look at the front. Yeah, yeah. It opens with Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio. That must be the one and all that. I never actually checked the issue of Corny Spots. I checked said so as you calling spots and the pay-per-view they're referring to was Bash at the Beach 1996 oh which God. which I'm sure both of you will realise those words are different from Halloween Havoc yeah for they sure. do they, maybe if you're drunk they rhyme yeah they do differ yeah. an awful lot Bash at the Beach reminds me of like happiness and yeah, because uh, Halloween Havoc 96 reminds me of like the Holocaust yes so that's so that's the pod the the podcast the pay per view that we've uh, <laughs> had to look at today. We have to look at that big giant gurning man in the background of the, uh, of the thing. For, yeah. For, so for basically, hours. you're saying that we're, we we've done this pay per view by accident, pretty much. <laughs> and okay. I feel I feel bad because I wanted to pick like a good WCW. I think we we've, we've wanted to do a good WCW pay per view for a while. I mean, because you know, World War Three is at the bottom. Did. And we left it in your hands, and this is what we got. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to rag on WCW, you know. But so, I mean, I mean, uh, to put it into context, I mean, nineteen ninety six is like it, it's WCW's banner year. You know that we're in post NWO world. They're like the hottest thing on TV. Yes, surely it will be good. <laughs> surely, no. nope. I mean, no. to put it into context, the next night on. Um, on TV, you'd have Raw and Nitro. WCW did a 3.6. I don't know how. WWF did a 2.0. So they're being destroyed on TV. It'll take two years for WWE to catch up. Two years. And uh, oh, the, 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 uh, at the same time, like pay-per-view-wise, I think ECW was still doing live shows. They hadn't had their first their debut pay-per-view yet. No, 97 was um, strictly yep. and, barely legal. Uh, the WWE pay-per-view that month was Buried Alive, which I think Cameron's written about on the old... Uh... Uh, yeah, I will have at some stage. I've probably forgotten what the card was by now, but yeah, I have. It, it'll have yeah. been on the uh, pay-per-view project, yeah. Yeah, so that you know, those are what, that's what it's kind of up against. But it's, you know, this, this is supposed to be the show in its, in its pomp and its prime. It's really not. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. Uh, is that a well, spoiler for the end of the podcast? I don't know, but I am awfully sorry. Hogan has been trained. WCW. One single 
mistake, mistake I, I ever made, made. Rule, the rule. was bringing, bringing Hulk Hogan, Hogan into, into WCW. WCW. Ooh, yeah! Salah! That is a big finish! Hogan and, and the rest of you thugs are going to be just in his strike. They are straight fading a little bit. So you are. You thugs. Here, you, you want to try to stop, stop WCW? WCW? What are you doing? All right, we're going to deal. This list, you're mine. Oh, my God, man, he's going after us. He just going to stop. No more. Oh, yeah. And you are looking live in the strip in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world, the MGM Grand, the MGM Grand. Is lit up. It's electric. It is time for Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc coming your way live from Las Vegas, Nevada. A capacity crowd is on hand here tonight to witness the superstars of WCW, members of the New World Order, as they collide as never before. Um, it's we'll just about forgive you. <laughs> we'll probably get some comic mileage out of this, hopefully, and that'll well, make it better. If you talk about comic mileage, surely the entire um, commentary crew wearing matching t-shirts should be a good laugh for you. I think they're all wearing some kind of match. Even the backstage interviews. Yeah, and they're, all today, wearing... they're all wearing like the same. What is it? I didn't quite catch what it said or what kind of emblem is it. It might be something to do with Slim Jim. <laughs> Did you, have you noticed the kind of minor promotion they've got attached to the show? No, I actually thought it was really subtle, and the way it was on the ring, the ropes, the turnbuckles, uh, probably in somebody's forehead somewhere, and you know, it was really, really subtle. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and I they think... Just, um, they just had to keep calling it Halloween Havoc, Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. Mm-hmm. Halloween Havoc. It sounds like a really dodgy children's TV show. It does. Slim. My question is, who's Slim Jim? Well, he's a friend of Macho Man, obviously. <laughs> is it not like, yeah, but what is a Slim Jim? It's, it's, uh, it's like a meat thing, isn't it? Like it's a, like a pepper army. Yeah, I was going to say, is it like an American equivalent of pepperoni? Yeah, it's like a right, crunch okay. though. Because whenever a macho bites it, like goes crunch or something like that. It's like so boring. Well, so how many high school boys does it take to change a light bulb? Put a light up your life. Yeah, those slim Jim. Turn to the spice. Baby, juice is nice. It's it's like a jerky type product. I don't know what it is. I know it's, but yeah, like the, the, all of the rings hold covered with it, including for the first time I think I've ever seen like pads on the outside of the posts, which is referenced <laughs> fairly early on. Which we'll get to at some point because uh, there are several spots that are completely ruined by said post things. Yes, <laughs> and they have to cover for it desperately on commentary. We'll come to that at some point, I assume. But the first match, as I said, is Dean Malenko versus Ray Mysterio. Like, come on, boys. This is 1996. Rey Mysterio versus Dean Malenko. This was the Cruiserweight era, was it not? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, well, to, to be honest, this is probably not... the. It's, if you were to arrange all these matches on this pay-per-view in some kind of order of quality, this one would be fairly near the top. Yes. And, to it's, the first, and it's the first match. Yeah, and it's the first match. I mean, my only thing is, and I was going to say as well, is... 
you, you feel a bit spoiled with like the WWF's sort of high quality. Even in the nineties, the WWF had a high quality of presentation mm-hmm. because you're kind of like instantly put in WCW land, and you realise that things are sometimes a bit rough around the edges. Because I've put down, why do both wrestlers get the same theme music? Yeah, and why does it not stop between the two of them coming in? It no, just carries it just on like, going. Yeah, but I, 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 I counter that by saying, just look at the hair on the referee. Well, yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, it is as glorious as you want it to be. Surely, the whole point of this match, as well, seems to be it's, um, it's for the is it the cruiserweight title? This one's for. Yeah, Lisa, yes, yeah, yeah, it's the cruiserweight title. Um, but in addition to that, Dean Malenko comes down to the ring clutching a Rey Mysterio mask. Oh, yes. Which, by the sounds of it, he's nicked at some point on Nitro or whatever. And they do this whole thing about how, you know, it's, it's, it's honour of Mexican wrestling and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Rey, you know, we, we, we'll want that mask back. And you're kind of thinking, right, he'll spend the entire match... Rail, go for this turnbuckle where this mask is. Try and grab it, and constantly be dragged back. Mm-hmm. And that they'll build up to him trying to grab the mask. Mm-hmm. And the end of the match will come where he's got, you know, he, he probably, you know, pins um, Dean Malenko and finally gets his hand on his mask. He gets his hands on the mask about three minutes into the match. He's got his mask back. Tremendous somersault, senton splash. Malenko's laid out. And wait a minute, he's taking his mask off. Yes, he has, he's recaptured the mask out and he's going to put it on his noggin let's right get, here in Las Vegas. Let's get a shot of ugly kisser on this guy. Come on, get that zoom in there. Get the zoom in on him. No, he is. How about that for putting on there you go. a mask while taking off another one. Rey Mysterio Jr. recaptures the mask in the midst of this match. And that's got to give him some added motivation here, gentlemen. And that's not awkward at all, is it? That whole thing, <laughs> no, and then, then then he does some kind of bizarre kind of switch with because he, he comes out of the ring wearing another mask. Yeah, so it's not as if he's not got one. <laughs> and then he swaps masks, which, like I say, it, it's done as smooth as you like. Yeah, but he also swaps it to a mask that reveals far more of his face than the mask he wore to the ring originally yeah. does. But you know, th- this is the you know the. The, the world of the luchador. The luchadore, Cameron. Come on. It's, it's a mysterious world that we don't understand. That's why he's called Ray Mysterio, because we don't understand him. But It's the mysteriousnessnessness. Uh, yeah, but why, if you're mysteriousnessnessness, would you choose to wear a mask with more holes in? Because, <laughs> because he's mysterious. Yeah. He's mysterious, but he doesn't want to think that his identity is impossible to guess. He wants to give you a little bit of a clue. A little bit of help. Yeah, a little bit of a clue. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's it. Right, but put yourself back in 1996. And you see Rey Mysterio for like the first time. How how mind blowing must that have been? Oh yeah, I mean you you, you can I mean even by about sort of two thousand two two thousand three when he debuted in the WWE, he was starting to sort of change his moveset a heck of a lot. He wasn't as to he was still his impressive. Knees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which have now I think fully blown out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's um, no, I'll put that down as like how fast is Rey? It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's just... this, like, it is amazing. And it's lucky that he's got kind of someone like, you know, Milenko's not the most manoeuvrable person in the world, but it just means like, you know, Ray can kind of spin around him and land on him every now and then. And people yeah. like it. You know, it's yeah, good. exactly. People and, go for it. And that's fine. And uh, like Dean can do the usual stuff. Like, you know, I think we talked about it before, Cameron, like, you know, the, the heel's there to kind of stop the, the baby face from doing the cool stuff. Which I yeah, think exactly. It, which I think explains why we get like two sleepers in a row from Milenko, because if you want to suck the air out of a Ray Mysterio match, pull him in a sleeper. 
<laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Um, other part of this match, though, did, did anyone else get the funny feeling when you're watching this match that you're somehow watching edited highlights? Yes. <laughs> it's really weird, but they just seem to just suddenly cut to someone else in the other part of the ring, and you're like, did I blink or something or did what? He, did, he, did he move? Well, I thought clearly how fast Ray is. Yeah, exactly. But um, it's kind of quicksilver fast. Yes. Uh, but it's just not... I, I, you know, another thing with WCW's presentation, I just always got the funny feelings like kind of going I'm I'm not I'm, I'm watching kind of edited highlights of this somehow but it still feels like quite a long match yeah although I think one of my favourite lines is I think at one point um, I'm not sure it's in commentary says I think raising Mysterio uh, raising there in the sleeper hold and it's in commentary if he can escape this he's a master of the sport and he elbows Dean and stands up and he's out of the hold and if the young man Mysterio can escape from this then he truly is a master of our sport Sometimes you reach that point where you just got to go for it. And that's what he's oh. doing. Against... Yeah, like he, it means master sport. It wasn't that complicated a move to get out of. No, not really. To be really honest, but, you know, that's that's the commentary team. There you it's go. Dusty on commentary, isn't it? It's Dusty going crazy. I think he says in, in interpretate at some point. And he's done it all by bus. Oh, boy, I'm going to tell you, that was, that was nice, wasn't it? That was yeah. good. That was classic yeah, what, brain. Yeah, and, and for the people out there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interpretate this thing my brain yeah. said. He's going to inter- yeah. interpretate it. Yeah, and, and the bottom line, what Iron Mike was saying is just... I think we get the use of the word filibuster for the second and uh, third time in this match as well. I mean, that, you're using that kind of word early, aren't you, to be honest? You want yeah, to really, say- yeah. Jim Ross wouldn't you wouldn't throw out a filibuster in the first match. He'd save that to No, he know. wouldn't. No, he'd, he'd save that for the main event at exactly. least. Exactly. Um, no, we get a couple of good, good bits. Um, I do have some. I'm just scanning down my notes here. Like, I seem to have been watching this Jim Malenko sleeper for half an hour. Yeah. Um, there's a mental T bone suplex from Malenko straight after one of those sleepers, though, which is nuts. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, they blame the sponsor for the extra padding on the ring post on the outside. Tonight on Emergency 999. Two men must continue a podcast when their third member's laptop explodes in their face mid-recording. How will they cope? Find out tonight on Emergency 999. Is that you and want us to carry on? Yeah. He said, um, yeah, right. carry on, please. Okay. Um, should we explain where you have <laughs> gone? Well, um, um, where has you? No, it's just been the two of us the whole time, Cameron. Has it just been the two? Whoa. Is he like a figment of my imagination? It's, been, it's just, it's, um, we're putting a swerve and... A little bit, yeah. Um, Ewan's just gone outside into his limo. That's just exploded. <laughs> because his son's hornswoggle. Is that, how, is that the right That's thing? how it works. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah, so... Uh, it's, nothing you... to do with, it's nothing to do with Ewan's laptop blowing up. Or no, no, of course not. It's his limo. It's his limo exploded. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, it's, pretty it's, much. It's, it's, it's conqu- s- Conquista limo. Conquista limo. And somewhere in the background, Paul London is smiling. <laughs> Keith, like, I've got one. I've got another one of them. 
<laughs> they will have my pal Jordi L <clears throat> on there. They're going to kill the rest of the conquistadors. Oh yes, one by one. Yeah. Um, um, so Halloween Havoc. Yeah, Halloween that, Havoc '96. Yeah, we're, show, we're halfway it? through uh, Dean Malenko and Mysterio. You were saying about uh, Turnbuckle. Uh, I well, po- I, I the posit the um, the I posit the theory that the wrestlers weren't aware that the pads were going to be on the outside of the ring before they went down to the ring. Because in this match, and obviously further on in the matches, there do seem to be a few spots where they go right. I'll bash your head on the on the post on the outside. That'll be a good spot because you know it, it always looks good. You know, being hit on the post on the outside. And they get to the ring and it's like, it's got pads on it. Yeah. Because they're like um, the kind of pads you get in boxing ring posts, aren't they? But like on yeah, the outside. Yeah, completely covered all the way down there on the outside as well. Yeah. I've With... never seen a ring like that before. No, kind of pads on the outside. I've never seen anything like that before either. And yeah. they, they actually reference it on commentary. Something else occurred outside there, guys, and I think that they didn't realize it, but of course this being Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc, Slim Jim's has the ring pads or the corner pads, and you can really not throw someone off the ring post and get the effect as usual. Oh yeah, the the sponsor pads are there, so not as much damage as... I think it's Ray gets flung into one of them by Malenko, and they actually say, um, you know, oh, you know, they you know won't cause as much damage as it usually would because the sponsors have insisted yeah. on... But then, if it's got padding, why are you still throwing them into them in the first place? Because yeah, why well, it just pads defies it. all kind of logic. Yes, it just, I know. It, it just, I, what? I just, I, uh, yep, it's broken me. It's broken me. But like the, the go home sequence is just great. After this, they kind of you know they kind of go with all these kind of false finishes and all crazy stuff. It was good. I liked it. Yeah, it was of... good. And uh, the, there's a slightly messy looking uh, top rope uh, gut wrench powerbomb for three. And Milenko wins it with it. Well, to be fair, it's better than the one Marty Jannetty did. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, but... we did that in a previous show. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's not a bad match. It's not bad. It's just, it feels a little bit over long. It maybe kind of gets a bit stretched out in the middle. I still think the mask thing's slightly odd for the first three minutes. Yeah. That probably should have waited until the end because that would have been your focus the entire match was Ray trying to get his mask back. That would have been quite good. I mean, say, um, this is the fifth time they've wrestled in the last few months or something. So they've clearly been having like some kind of major program together with each other. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. It was quite a lot. I mean, they've had, you know, they're both really good wrestlers for the time. And you'll say, if you were to arrange these matches in some kind of quality order over the night, then this would probably come quite near the top in sort of technique. Yeah. It's a bit of a shame that it was first. Well, it's first and it kind of lays... You'd like to say, oh, this is the way they mean to go on, but it's really not. It's really not. I was going to mention that in between this, we had Lee Marshall. Was it Lee Marshall backstage? With um, with a with a moustache. Uh, yeah, well, there you go, and some nice specs. With a matching um, T-shirt. Don't forget the matching T-shirt. On the matching T-shirts. They're all um, on brand. He's, he's with Jeff Jarrett, uh, who tonight is facing the Giant. And, Obviously. Uh, how many times does Jeff Jarrett go, ha, ha, in this promo, by the way? Spring, ha, ha, I could go on tonight, ha, ha, ha. Just a few words. Threats, ha, ha, I'm just telling you, you will not chokeslam me, ha, 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 ha. Thing is, right, obviously, Double J, he'd been in WWE at this point, hadn't he? And he kind of moved across to WCW. He was in WWF from As about... Like the- 94, 95. So the proper country... Uh, yeah, the proper country music, the Ain't I Great kind of thing. And then yeah. he, his contract expired, expired and he buggered off to um, WCW, hence he's here now yeah. in WCW. Um, he's come back into the WWF 
Um, well, he's on the pay-per-views now that I'm doing on the blog. So yeah. he's sort of My... tail end of 97, 98. He's That's back the, the, uh, the don't piss me off Owen Hart kind of team up here, it's... isn't it, I think? No, not quite. No, just before that, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. just before that. It's not quite got to that yet. Yeah. But um, he's well, doing I mean... all that. But then I think in 1999 was his, his last... WF match in that stretch was the 99 Royal Rumble, I think, when we went against China. Yeah. In the good housekeeping match, where there was just like a hardcore match, like ironing boards. Um, <laughs> Obviously. Because apparently he was technically out of contract the night before, but he still had the Intercontinental Championship and they wanted him to drop it to China. And he basically said, No, I'm, I'm leaving. And they had to pay him some extortionate sum. He pulled a warrior. For, yeah, for him to do the one night to drop it to China on, on at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Then he went to WCW and was basically WCW world champion about 74 times before they, um, you know, went out of business. Hence, because of that payday for the Royal Rumble in 1999, that is why he was the core of Vince's promo on the multicast. Now, as far as the Jeff Jarrett's of the world are concerned, you know how Jeff spells his name? That's J-E-F-F. Well, you know what? Hmm. I would suspect that we'd spell it a different way after tonight. That would be capital G, double O, double N, double E. Gone. Well, that was the root of that, basically, because he, he forced Vince to pay him some crap sum just to do work, basically. Yeah, yeah. Drop it. I mean, at this stage, I'm guessing they're going to try and um, push him as a kind of bigger character because he's teamed up with Slick Rick, with Ric Flair, the nature boy. Yeah, well, he's kind of in... They say it later that he's not in the Horseman Mark II, but he's he is like the four and a half he's, Horseman. He's the he's the, he he's the he's the stable hand. Yeah, literally, because I think as his promo proves, like Flair just I don't think Flair's even trying to be honest. No, but he still blows J, a double J off the screen. Like, well, pretty much, yeah. As soon as Flair turns up, it's like, oh, here we go. Don't care anymore. Who are you? Can you carry that man's coat to the ring, please? Because he's clearly the superior person. Yes, pretty much. And that's and it. Flair kind of like, you know, does a bit of a woo and then that's it. And the whole crowd just, uh, you know, no one's taking Jeff Jarrett seriously. No one cares about it at all. Because like, yeah, you want to put Jay at WJ over, but don't put him with Ric Flair. Because Ric Flair always wants to be a centre of attention because he's yeah, Ric, he's Ric Flair. He's got no concept of letting anyone else have any kind of... You know, which is probably part of the problem his daughter's facing at the moment on NXT. <laughs> Not on NXT, on Raw. Probably a fair point. Um, so yeah, that, that's that. But then we've got to get to the battle for the ring. Yeah, this this confused me for a long, long time. It's like, okay, battle for what? The ring? Like the wrestling ring? The ring? Eddie Guerrero, Diamond Dallas, the battle for the ring. The Battle Bowl Championship ring. Eddie, like you talked about, Green, and as we know about, won the Battle Bowl ring. At the Clash of the Champions, Denver, Colorado, back in the month of August, Diamond Dallas, though, walked away with the ring, and since that time has said, I don't know where the ring is. And then they had a whole thing where, no, it's actually a, a ring, r- a ring, ring. on your finger ring. It's a ring, ring, ring. 
That's and then they have a whole thing going, well, we don't know where the ring is. Where is the ring? Where is the ring? Where is the ring? We don't know where is the ring. Has yeah. Eddie Guerrero got the ring? No, he's not got the ring. Has DDP Just, got the ring? No, he's not what, got the ring. What was the ring signified again? Was it some kind of sports ring that DDP it's, had or something? It, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, is it, well, it, it was a ring that DDP had that was stolen by the uh, the babyface Eddie Guerrero. Um, I can't even remember anymore, to be honest. No, this is this is quite WCW levels of booking. As stupid as it. All I remember is like DDP coming to the ring, uh, smoking cigar and chewing gum, which to me just seems like one or the other. Yeah, you pretty know. much. Yeah, you, you pick one. You don't have both. Yeah, if you're going to pursue a career in uh, cigar smoking or gum chewing, then pick one. Yeah, and just master that one. Just do one or the than, other. Yeah, it just doesn't go. But that's fine because we've also got um, injured Nick Patrick in the ring as the referee. Yes, this is the first time that Nick Patrick uh, appears with his neck brace on and referees a match. Get on him, baby. How many times, Tony, have, have we spoken? And just this past Saturday night, last night, if you will, Nick Patrick don't need to be out here if he's injured. Right around yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Right, yes, yeah. And... Yes, and this is where we're going to get... There's a little bit of shenanigans going on with Nick Patrick in the course of this night because... He might be an NWO guy. Oh, uh, what a naughty man. He might be. He might be. It is kind of suggested that Nick Patrick is in league with the black and white yeah. NWO. Um, yeah. so which, I, which, which, let's just let's just specify this. That's got nothing to do with the feud between the two guys in the ring. It's, no. a, it's a completely separate thing. No. Yeah, that no one really cares about at this stage, I think. Yep. Yep. Uh, that hopefully won't affect the outcome or you know the quality of this match at all. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. It won't. Yeah. It'll be fine. Totally fine. We'll follow it straight down the middle. Straight down the middle. Um, do you not think DDP looks better nowadays than he does that does back yeah, then? Yeah, because um, weird. It's weird. He's just kind of got himself a bit more trimmed. Yeah, well, yoga works. I think. Like, I, I think he looks better than he did in World War Three. So I think we're on the gradient yeah. going up. If that makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, nothing he's got compares to the mustache hair combo of Eddie Guerrero. I mean, no, that it's, mullet is incredible. It's fully conditioned in this one, isn't it? It's not yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's no. There's nothing in that at all. It's just a hair conditioning and just just pure glory. That's what that's made out of. Exactly, <laughs> pure glory. It's pure glory. That's what it's made out of. No, there should be should be shampoo called that. <laughs> pure glory, Eddie Eddie Glory, Eddie uh, Glory. Oh no 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 no. Anyway, no, no. um. I remember when we did uh, World War Three. I think DDP just kind of did the diamond cutter, and that was it. It wasn't like a very kind of spectacular thing. But now at this point, the diamond cutter is getting over, isn't it? DDP is starting to get some kind of heat behind him. He's starting to kind of get a bit of oomph. Yeah, and, like the DDP actually seems to be like some kind of threat because they talk about it quite early, from what I remember, on the commentary team. Uh, yeah, they're talk- they are talking about you know master of the diamond cutter. I think that's the part that that's the, what's coming through. Yeah, on this now. I'm just thinking back to the sort of quality of this match, and it wasn't sort of. Whilst it's one of those matches that it's a good effort, but it's not quite hanging right for either of them. It, it, do you think it's because DDP, whilst he's obviously got charisma, he's still not quite the finished article? Yeah, he's nowhere near it. Yeah, and I think the the problem that DDP had is because he made his professional debut quite late on. Yeah, I think was DDP not something like the. When he had his first match or something, something like that, like, because he was like a manager for a long time, wasn't he? He was yeah, like um, he'd, he'd Scott Hall's manager. Industry. Yeah, he'd been in the industry, but he wasn't like a wrestler. Yeah, and so he started training quite late on. So he had a lot of catching up to do. DDP did really, really well for the kind of career he time span he had. Yeah, I've I mean, I'll point out here about the 
things around this match basically the commentary and nick patrick just seems to be holding it back like they just can't seem to kind of get going yeah and like um nick patrick's the way he counts completely ruins any kind of false finish he's just like kind of one and then his hand kind of goes up and down a little bit and then he does the second count you know what i mean he kind of like flicks his hand when he's doing the, the, the one two three yeah and you can't quite tell if he's hitting if he's going for like another count or if his hand's just flopping around like an idiot exactly Exactly. That doesn't really work. Although there's a bit where he's kind of shutting down DDP that's quite good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the bit where I've, I've put here? Um, DDP and Nick Patrick argue. DDP shoves Patrick. Patrick shoves uh, DDP back, and Eddie Guerrero nearly gets a pinfall out of it. Yeah, that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's also a bit where uh, DDP gets caught up in the ropes and then hangs there for what seems like an eternity, just waiting for Eddie to kick him. <laughs> that was the other bit. Him. Eddie pokes uh, DDP in the eye right in front of the ref. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Um, there's a superb lariat by DDP at one stage. I put, I put a nasty one. Yeah, it was nasty. It's like a little pin sequence. Where they kind of go. They, they just, it doesn't quite work. They kind of go for the whole, you know, sunset flip into that, into that kind of pin, to that kind of pin, to that kind of pin. But it doesn't really flow that well. So no. DDP just kind of goes right. I'm just going to close on your head off to finish it. Then bang. Exactly. Exactly. Take that, Eddie. Uh, the ending's kind of a bit of a flop because um, DDP kind of gets what looks like a Styles Clash for two. And then he tries to sit down powerbomb for two. And then there's a really crap-looking diamond cutter that looks really half-assed. Yeah, it kind of misses the whole point of the diamond cutter. Yeah, it's, it's not sudden at all. It's going to really sit up and really jarring. And the whole point just... of the RKO, sorry, the diamond cutter, yeah. is for it to come out of nowhere, isn't it? It's to be like kind of like... It's a really quick finisher, yeah. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. It's just you can do it to anybody, just snap it in really quick, bang, done. Yeah. They try and cover it on commentary by doing the whole, I don't think he got all of that. I don't think he got, oh, that was glancing. Maybe Guerrero reversed it. Oh, there's your winner. I don't know. Eddie had his arms down. Yes, he did. Good and, point, Tony. And Eddie may have blocked the impact of that. It's got to be face first. One, two. No, he got him. One, two, three. Win. That's it. Win. Now, <laughs> now at this point, Cameron, I don't know if you noticed it. It's really subtle. It's really subtle. But, Nick Patrick starts digging around in his pockets. Really subtly. You, you, oh. I mean, you'd have to be looking to see it, to be honest. Would I? Like, as he raises um, DDP's hands up in one hand, his other hand's in his pocket, furtively trying to find whatever's in there. Oh, is it? Is it really now? Yeah, and he kind of find, he kind of digs his hand around in there, digs his hand around in there, gets his hand out. Oh, clearly he hasn't got anything in his hand. No. Walks across to the ring post, leans over, and picks up that infernal ring. That's where it was. He knew where it was all along. It was by the ring post the whole time where they spent probably a good chunk of the match and no one saw a ring line on the floor. That man is lower than a racing snake's belly. He's, a, he's an awful man. And that means that DDP is still Lord of the Ring. Which is a shame because they're about two years before they can say that joke really, aren't they? No, about five years before they can say that joke. Yeah, I think so. Only they've kind of left it for five years. <laughs> exactly. Everybody, everybody would have been much happier. It would have been fine. It would have meant something. He's just basically, rather than having a movie reference, he's relying on people being cultured and literal. Yeah. Once again, as I say, not a terrible match. I didn't watch it thinking this is offensive. But It's just held back by the things around the match. Like just lots of, just the Nick Patrick thing and the terrible ring thing. And it, it, it's symptomatic of WCW's just over-egging everything. Yeah. 
We then go backstage to Mike Tanay. Again, we I think we noticed the subtle way that Slim Jims were being promoted during this contest. Yeah, totally. It's 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 quite subtle. Uh, it's not offensive and in your face in any way. What are you uh, referring to, Matt? Run coming out completely covered head to toe in the Slim Jims logo. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah, um, snap into it. Apparently, snap into it. And I've also yep. noticed about this um, that the worst thing about this promo that it kind of perpetuates the WCW monster truck obsession. Yeah, because we've we've already had the uh, the the giant versus Hulk Hogan monster uh, monster truck match. That terrible one in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was awful. So the, the, the thing he's been off kind of making a giant monster truck for a competition for Slim Jims. Yep. So I think I'll put it like this is what Macho needs when he's preparing for a big match. Yeah, he's to, to go off be... and to prepare a contest. For yeah, Slim he's getting a draw. Yeah. Um... I mean, how much money must Slim Jims have paid them for all their stuff? God knows how much, but it would have been a fair amount. I know that was partly like they they talked about, you know, if you kind of ignore the stories about uh, Vince's daughter, Stephanie, it was Vin, uh, Macho taking Slim Jims when he left. That was the kind of big thing between the two of them. Because that, that was why they didn't talk and why Macho was kind of... Oh, because he had an individual sponsorship deal rather than a... Yeah. And yeah. it was like, I, I, when he left, he took that to WCW, didn't leave it with WWF. So they lost all that money. I think people, some people were saying that was the reason for the big fallout between the two of them was because of that happened. So they must have been put, pumping some money into the company because... It must have been, yeah. It's everywhere. Or maybe yeah, WCW all... was just really cheap. Oh, possibly, yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> one of the two. Maybe they were just desperate for money. Anyway, well, <laughs> you reckon? You know, they, can make it, well, they can make it quite easily, then that's fine. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, there, there are occasional moments in WCW footage, especially now about this time, that you start to remember that although it's a bit of a stereotype that WCW are very much the Southern wrestling company. Yeah. Well, you know, and monster trucks. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they're a bit kind of yeehaw monster truck yeah. kind of thing. But anyway, but if you didn't think, if you didn't think it could get any better, then we get to, to uh, the opportunity to listen to the page view on the internet. Tony Schiavone, we understand that for the first time ever, WCW computer users on CompuServe can listen to Halloween Havoc on the internet. Mike, today you're exactly right. As a matter of fact, our um, on the internet there is our address wcwwrestling.com, and certainly you can get the real audio simulcast available exclusively on the internet. As a matter of fact, as you take a look at our address on the internet, you can also log on to CompuServe right now. Chris Jericho later on, of course, will take on six of the NWO. And he is chatting with fans on CompuServe. Members type Go Convention and talk with WCW wrestlers live. But unprecedented tonight on the internet, it's a simulcast. First time ever for WCW in a major pay-per-view event. So it's the information age, gentlemen, and we are all a part of it. Right now, let's go back to Mike Tanay. Why would you want to listen to a show about wrestling on the internet? No, sorry. Why would you want to listen to a wrestling show? (laughs) Shush. (laughs) <laughs> this is completely different it's a podcast it is, for totally, one totally, it's not, yeah, it's not yeah. a audio broadcast come on no, no, we're not broadcasting a wrestling match it's, and yeah, look how enthralled Chris Jericho is in the internet he is amazingly into it isn't he when yeah. there's something I love the fact that these days you know they just go on Twitter and just answer people on their phones backstage you know and back in the that was in 96 they had to have some little technician fella sat at the keyboard ask you know <laughs> yeah. was like translating for them and then they show like a photo, like a screenshot of the web page, and it's like, what is that? That's not oh, a web page. Look at it, look at it, going, oh, that's Windows 95 and all of that's its glory. Ridiculous. Amazing. That's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, Dean Malenko was interviewed by Mike Tanay. It's a slightly boring promo. Uh, apparently, he's the new championship. 
The man of a thousand holds, Dean Malenko. He's the new cruiserweight championship in world championship wrestling. You just win Dean Malenko. He just went Dean Malenko. He just follows you around all the time, just being yeah, grumpy. Yeah, just follows you around. Just being know. surly. <laughs> Pretty much. We then get, um, now it's called the NWO's interview position, but it's up in the stands. Yeah, it's, it's not really a position, is it? They haven't even got no, a No, not set. really. It's just, it's just the top of a staircase. I mean, Jesus, even like, you know, um, Miss TV's got more of a set than that, hasn't exactly. it? Exactly, yeah. It's it's bloody awful. But you get Ted DiBiase talking. Ted DiBiase talking is not a bad thing, is it? No, he's all right. I think that's part of the reason why he he, he went there um, was because obviously he couldn't wrestle anymore. He'd taken his insurance payout from Lloyd's of London, yeah, uh, which had literally made him a million dollar man. <laughs> and then he just couldn't wrestle anymore. You know, otherwise he'd have to pay all that back. Yeah, so this is probably the nearest thing he could do was do this sort of you know go to um, be like a heater. Yeah, go to you know WCW and be sort of the management guy for the NWO for a while. Yeah, because it ties in with most of the guys in the NWO apart from the giant, are sort of ex-WF guys. I think that yeah. was always the it was always the plan was to make it look like yeah. being taken over by They them, never said explicitly, did they? Was it Razor said? No, like, they, they never you, said explicitly. Like, and, you know who we are. You know why we're here, wasn't it? It was never, yeah, it was exactly. never it was, kind of like... It was never, hey, we're from Vince's mob. Yeah. Uh, because WWF actually tried to sue WCW for, for that in court. Yeah. Because they were basically saying that they nicked the characters of... Um, Razor uh, and Diesel and Razor Ramon. Basically, well, isn't that one reason why they did fake Razor and fake Diesel was to kind of prove that it was it was that it was characters as opposed it was to the anything characters else. that got over, not the wrestlers, which, which was, was blatantly rubbish. Probably uh, proved and untrue. Having sat through those that period of time when they were in it, it's just awful. Yeah. Um, I just put, I, I don't know why I've put the uh, where are we? Um, I've just put after this. I hate Jeff Jarrett for some reason. <laughs> Because um, well, we go to Jeff Jarrett versus the Giant. Yeah. Well, the Giant, who remember at the 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 Hollywood Havoc pay per view last year, was thrown off the roof of a four story building. He was, yeah, but then came back to wrestle yeah. about an hour later. I just like pointing that out that he was thrown off the they, he was explicitly thrown off the roof of a building that was four stories high under a concrete car park. Yeah, but he came back. It was on camera. They confirmed it on on commentary. Yeah, but it's fine, Phil, because he came I mean, back. They never referred to how he survived. He just kind of walked. He's a giant. He's back. He's a giant. But, he's, he's, he's a giant. By the time you got over, the, you know, one foot over, he's that tall. He probably, that's you know, that's a fair point, touched the ground. Why, so did, why did Bobby Heenan never say that, though? That's what, that's what well, I don't understand. You know, maybe I'm better than Bobby Heenan. <laughs> maybe you are. Maybe I am. What do we think of uh, Double J's WCW Titantron video? Oh, I didn't. I didn't think you I did. Didn't see I didn't see it. Oh, man. No, yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, I almost want you to go back and watch it and come back and put your uh, your opinion in here because it's basically like a really badly photoshopped Jeff Jarrett's like upper body just kind of floating across the screen, and then like I think all his, of them are like that. I don't know. His name just kind of comes in, and then it just his face comes again. It reminds me of something from Castlevania or something like that. You know, like they used to do Phil Phil Collins' oh, head. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like that, but Double J's smiling, gurning face. <laughs> it's just, nice. It's just stupid. Real sweet. That Real sweet. Yeah, it's great. They go into this match. Now the whole match about this is just basically going to be: Can Jarrett actually get anything in on the giant, or is he just going to die? I'll just put here. Jeff struts around the ring for a bit, occasionally punches. <laughs> um, All I've got at this point is Dusty continues to not make sense. I just said that. I just ran through that. Where were you at? I just ran through yes, that. Yes, yes, but I'm doing it in English. 
He never does. <laughs> never, never does. I know I've got uh, Flair, just the worst chair sneaking to the ring bit ever. Yes. <laughs> I think he just tries to pass him a chair. Just, like, and then has to pull him. back out again. Oh, what? It's illegal? Sorry, Ref. I don't yeah, know sorry, what you're talking about. Sorry about um, that. And then you put Jeff getting thrown about. Um, Jeff keeps going for the sleeper. Someone gives Rick a microphone at some point, I think, and he just starts talking. Yeah, he just starts talking halfway through the match, doesn't he? he and then that. just woos. And it's just like as if, you know. That's it. And so we get like the, the, the worst ever looking backbreaker. We've got the softest backbreaker ever. It looks terrible, doesn't it? It's awful. But you know what, you know what the match needs at this point, Cameron? What will really kind of get the people going at this point in the match? Go on. A bear hug. Yeah. That's what it needs. Yeah. Give it a Why bear not? hug. Give it a bear hug. Give it a bear hug. It's amazing. Jarrett then tries to slam the giant, but ends up just oh, falling backwards. Because he's clearly Hulk Hogan, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. You know, he's clearly Hulk Hogan. He's going to do he's the right size for it completely. Um, there's a crossbody by Jeff for a two count at this. The giant pushes out of a figure four attempt. There's a figure four outside the ring as well, which makes no sense. Um, yeah. I think they try and justify it on commentary by saying, "Yeah, but if he, you know, wrecks the giant's legs, then the giant can't get back in the ring. And he'll win by count out." Yeah, wonderful. He's putting the figure four right outside, Tony. Figure four's on. That's a good idea. That's a good idea because he can't get up. Look at this. Uh, And then the ending comes. The giant goes for a choke slam, which we've already kind of learned on commentary is devastating. Yeah. I'll also forget earlier on, uh, Double J um, hit the giant into the ring post. Oh, yeah. Which that that led into the, I think, the... um, uh, the figure four. That's why they got him onto the floor on the outside because oh, he hit yeah. the ring post, yeah, yeah, yeah. which, as you remember, is covered with pads and therefore doesn't hurt as much. Still knocks out the giant. Can he move? Yes, he can. The giant, I think, hit the connector between the ring post and the turnbuckle. I know he did. He's out right there. Because I swear to God, they don't. They didn't know the pads were going to be there. I swear no, they, they didn't, didn't know. No, they, you, you, it probably would be the case. It probably wouldn't surprise me if they just didn't. Got, they, this, they just got to go with it. And also, what we forgot during this match is that um, the giant, giant, is he? He's got the. Is it the TV title or the US United States belt that he stole from somebody? Why would Nick Patrick even hold the belt up? Why would he even be in there? For crying out loud, it is not a US title belt. That yeah. belt was stolen from Ric Flair. And Patrick's holding the belt up like he is Simple. signifying this to be a you. What? Give me a reason. If the giant told you to hold the belt up, you'd hold it up. Um, he stole it from Flair. Yeah, so he stole the US title from Flair. Flair wants it back. That's why Flair's heat. That's Flair heart. So when the giant comes to the ring with the belt, he he hands it to the ref. Yeah. And the ref, you know, do what does what he does with the, they normally with the belt, which is he must put on like, like like the timekeeper's table. At no point during a match does Rick go and get the belt. No. Which is off on a table while the giant's busy in the ring. Yeah, you would just sneak it back, wouldn't you? It's not like there's somebody I'm else wrong. there at ringside to stop him from getting the belt. Nope. It's just there, as far as I can tell, because the giant gave it to the ref. Yep. Like you do when you're a champion, you come to me and you give the belt to the ref. The ref holds it up. And off it goes to the timekeeper's table or wherever. <clears throat> oh, yes. Rick's like, well, I want my belt back. Well, it's over there, Rick. It's over there. Just go and get it. It's, it's over there. Just go and get yeah. it. Why are, you, why are you still so moany and so grumpy? What's going on? <laughs> Um, it's over there. Flair does get some kind of retaliation by low blowing the giant before he has a chance to put the choke slam in on um, Jarrett. Yeah, but on the giant, does it count as a mid blow because he's so tall? Probably. 
yeah. it seems to go right for the the old uh, knockers though. The lower intestinal area. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> and then the giant wins by DQ. Yeah. And then that's it. And and then he leaves. Yeah. And the the stolen belt is apparently gone. But let's not like, forget. No, no one makes reference to it it'll... because it's... no, is it? I don't. I don't understand, Cameron. No, I don't understand. And once again, it's 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 a thing about WCW just over-egging everything because there's too much kind of just nonsense going on surrounding these I matches. get, like, the whole the whole scene in the belt thing, fine. I get that. When Dean Ambrose did it to Seth Rollins, it was really good. Mm-hmm. You know, he, had, he took pictures of him on, like, a Bronco ball and stuff, didn't he? Yeah. And it, But it kind of made sense. But when you like, he stole on the belt, he gave it to the ref, Rick Flair's at ringside, just take it back. Yep. Because it's over there. Because... But... I know, oh, I know, and my, my brain has exploded as well. But, but you've got to bear in mind at the end of this match, by the way, that the, it's said that the Giant, because he's a member of the NWO, gets a security escort out, uh, out of the building. And I do understand tonight that members of the NWO, heavily security, the security guards heavily around them, and they're going to be ushered in and out of this arena after their matches here tonight. Because they're special? Yeah, because of the NWO. But yeah. just... We'll bear that in mind later. The, <laughs> the giant has been escorted out of the building. That is the yeah. story we're given. Okay. Gone out of the building. Out of the building. Because okay. we, we go we go back up to Ted in the in the in the in the rafters, don't we? Yes. With uh... was Virgil there last time? Because he's popped up now, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he wasn't, he, he wasn't was there called. last time at all. Um, with the giant, and he's the best bit is they're trying to introduce um six <laughs> X Park. Um, Sean Bolton, whatever you call him, the one, two, three kid, to go and wrestle his match with Jericho. But it's so small, this platform, this top of a staircase they've got, that's surrounded by gurning idiots in the crowd uh, who've worked out that on television, that um, Six is stuck away in the back somewhere. Yeah. So they've actually put Virgil or Vincent in a more <laughs> prominent position. <laughs> Who's actually wrestling. I believe it's his actual pay-per-view debut as well for six slash X Pac slash Waltman slash um, it, it probably slash yeah it probably will be because what he's he's about to come back into it uh, he comes back into it the night after WrestleMania fourteen yeah so that's ninety eight so yeah he'll have a two years ninety six ninety seven he was in um, yeah so I think I think he showed up on TV but this is like his first time on on their pay-per-views all right okay. So, I think he actually refers to, um, or Mindal Man refers to, someone refers to Jericho, saying, uh, Jericho, right place, wrong time. Chris Jericho, you're next. And we'll take nothing from you. You're a fine athlete. Great speed, great agility. You're a great athlete. But you're a great athlete that's at the right place at the wrong time. How accurate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, how, how, you know, uh, insightful was that comment. <laughs> oh yes, right place, wrong time. Right place, wrong um, time. X-Pac's music shit. Just to continue the rubbish music. music all WCW music is shit. All yeah. WCW music. Well, I would probably wager all WCW music is rubbish, apart from the period of time that Hulk Hogan used um, "Voodoo Child" by Jimi Hendrix as his theme music. Yeah, and also a. Probably apart from Goldberg's, Goldberg's was alright, uh, which suited him quite well, and Sting's. Yeah. yeah, those are the three exceptions to the usual. That's it. It's quite balls. 
I also think, speaking of balls, does uh, Six do like a little DX crotch shop as you come down to the ring? I didn't see it. Just a little, I, I just means just seeing like a little thing. And also we've got Nick Patrick reffing again because he's apparently doing every single match. Yes, he's about to do every single match with his neck injury. This match is quite good, actually. Yeah, I mean, they they, they, they got a similar kind of, that kind of Mexican-y, Japanese-y work style to it, haven't they? they yeah. I think they both... I think six worked well. Walkman worked in Japan, Mexico, didn't he? In Japan, I think well, he did around the world. Yeah, a few yeah bit. They, did, they did a couple of he did a couple of Japanese shows. So I think uh, they put they both know how to work with each other and work within their styles to kind of yeah, make each other look good. So yeah, so just one little, little commentary. Um, what do you think about Bobby Heenan's position? Because Bobby Heenan's always like the the uh, the heel color commentator. Yeah, but he can't side with the heels because they're all the heels are predominantly NWO heels. This man right here. He is a he's punk. He's a talented. He's a talented wrestler in that ring. Okay, you can't take that away from him. Oh, he's a talented punk, but he's a punk. Yeah, so which threatened WCW, which would in turn yeah. threaten his job. Yeah, so I think he's in a difficult position. He's trying to do like his normal shtick, which is great, as we know. Yeah. But he can't really work it because of the, the way he's kind of positioned as the NWO is positioned as being the bad people. Aye. I think it's quite tough on him the whole night, really. Yeah, I suppose I never really thought of it that way, to be honest with you. And he let, and he got Dusty off to one side, just being insane. Just being brilliant, Buster. Uh, Flabberbusted, I think he says at one point. Okay, I'll call him six. So, so brain, don't get uh, flabberbusted with what I'm saying. Flabberbusted. The interesting thing about this uh, match, well, we'll we'll run through the opening basically. Uh, opening is um, sharp and quick. Um, Jericho's shoulder barges are kind of crazy. Um, Jericho's drop kicked over the turnbuckle and again drop kicked onto a railing. Six then goes over the top rope to pretty much a minimal reaction. <laughs> then we get now. This is the thing that I'm starting to you know pick up from WCW. I didn't watch much WCW at the time, but watching nope. WCW pay per views, there are far too many factions. Mm, I, I'm I'm a fan of the faction. I like a good if faction. If done right, yes. yes. But it's yeah. not a case of you know every single member of the roster has to be a member of some team. No, I think you kind of have like you kind of main two factions who should be like at the top kind of feuding. Well, yeah. maybe not maybe not at the top, maybe like for the mid card belts, you've got kind of it's difficult to judge because you like you had what DX and the Nation Domination. Yep, they were kind of feuding at one point, weren't they? And then after that, you had like the Ministry of Darkness and stuff. And kind of thing. I think you know, two or three maximum with everyone else is kind of floating in between the kind of babyface heel kind of side of things. That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. But then, like, this is what NWO, it's got the um, Horseman, Horseman um, Dungeons Dungeon of Doom, Doom which is why match. Kevin Sullivan is at ringside for this match. Yeah. Although, to be fair, for something really called Dungeon of Doom, they look pretty normal, to be honest. Well, the thing is, was the Dungeon of Doom in 95 when they went against Hogan, not like um, Earthquake and who's locking it? No, he was he was the shark, remember? The shark, the shark, yeah, he and then the there earthquake. was Kamala. And the mummy, I think, and there was, was the, in, not the mummy. The Yeti. Yeti, thank you. Uh, uh, so it was Super Giant Ninja, just, whatever it was called. Just nothing and just weird things this seems yeah. to be if, if they kind of reset the dungeon of doom and they've got boss man in sorry big bubba and yeah. they've got conan in there as well that's kind of a lot better and it's not yeah quite as... i think it was that the nwo thing i think just kind of blew away like quite a few like quite a lot because it made all the gimmicks just look like gimmicks yeah exactly I mean? yeah 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 it's, it's it's one thing if like your entire roster is basically gimmicks it makes sense would that 
kind of be Lucha Underground. That's probably the much short. But you know what I mean? Like everybody's got some kind of thing to them. That's a bit weird. Yeah, and, uh, but, if, but, if, but, if, but if everybody's like that, then it makes sense. But if you've got like you know Scott Hall and Kevin Nash turning up in jeans and stuff wrestling, and off to one side you've got Kevin, like the Taskmaster with face paint next to a guy dressed as like a super giant ninja. That makes them look stupid. Yeah, it so jars. You, you have to reset it to, like you say, to kind of. Obviously, the WWE was going through that at the same time, weren't they? They were kind of a lot of the gimmicks. Oh were yeah, being, yeah, you know, yeah. Had, a lot of early nineties wrestling. Like, um, like oh, over your pay per view things, like you know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley becomes Triple H, and he becomes like a mean guy as opposed to this kind of foppish, and this kind of foppish blue blood. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's probably like you know the, the actual wrestlers themselves being allowed to be themselves. Uh, uh, most of it, but also it's a case of like we just can't have that anymore because it's the NWO that's making us all the money. That's all the t-shirts are selling. That's a very grounded, real thing. So we got to kind of adjust the rest of the company around it, which I think yeah. was um, that was the right way to do it. I think Bischoff was going in the right direction. It's just all the booking around it doesn't really help. No, it doesn't at all. Because again, in this match, you've got Nick Patrick doing the kind of slow counts. You've got cutaways to the Dungeon Doom of the crowd, and it just kind of gets away from what's happening in the ring exactly too much going on too much going on at one point in time and the the actual match seems to be a backdrop to it rather than the main focus yeah it suffers for it which is a shame because i mean jericho he hasn't he's not healed jericho at this point because they're still kind of on inside the competition they're still talking no they're describing him as, as, as as a you know a great young athlete That's kind of stuff. It's like yeah. kind of, it's really weird when you think, yeah, that was Jericho twenty years ago. You know, yeah, Christ, he's not he's not doing the you know I'm the man of a thousand and four holds kind of stuff. That kind of we we I think at that point he was like I just need attention on myself to try and get myself over because the company's not helping me because the upper upper cards just hogging all the light. Well, what Jericho's still got another th- what three years? I think so. Yeah, he turned up in WF in 1999. Yeah, so he's got another three years. Because we're still early in the NWO run, we haven't got to the point where like they're just kind of everything's skewed around the NWO. So I think at the point where like Kevin Nash is doing the book and the stuff, that's where things start getting a bit like the undercard and the undercard just get pushed down so much. Oh, they, and they're not allowed to come up. The NWO to, became a sort of running joke towards the end because I yeah. think I'm trying to remember. I always get this wrong because I wasn't watching much WCW at the time, and someone will probably correct me. I think I'm right in saying. That there was only ever, I think Goldberg was never a member of the NWO. Yeah, but I think that was about it. At some point, pretty much everybody. Was Everyone else the... was at some point a member or some kind of of the NWO or some kind of subsidiary of the, the NWO. Like the, the NWO Wolfpack, NWO Originals, NWO Latino. Yeah, exactly. It just got stupid, didn't it? Yeah, it got ridiculous. And the roster was so dense with people who weren't necessarily working all the time. Like you, 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 you've got to do something to kind of stand out, but you aren't being helped by the booking team who are uh, just focused on the, like the Scott Halls and the Kevin Nashes, those guys, because they're yeah. the ones that make sure in the money. Because the they're the ones who are bringing in the money. Yeah, yeah. They're the ones you were paying most of the money off. So that's it. Yeah. What do we get there? Uh, you end up getting a Jericho back elbow. Uh, Jericho's dropped over the top turnbuckle. Um, he then drop kicks six out of the sky. Um, <laughs> there's a lion tamer a for a really slow count. And they all yeah, isn't there like a really complicated pinning maneuver after that? Just the line salt and there's like this really stupid looking pin thing. Yeah, um, yeah. which gets a really slow count. I was like a one, two, uh, 
And then oh, because it's oh, his shoulder and neck. That's what yeah. it is, Cameron. You remember, his neck is injured, yeah, isn't neck it? Injured. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a neck. spinning kick by six, and um, Jericho's pinned like that. It just suddenly the ending just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Just, that's it. That's it. It's fair enough if you're doing like an RKO or like, like a stunner, but a spin kick doesn't one kick. seem like that kind of... Yeah. That's it. It's the most devastating spinning kick ever. There's also, I think, um, um, Heenan says that someone gets hit right to the bike by, uh, by Cuspid, which I, I swear to God he's quoting Monsoon. Oh! Right to the bike, Cuspid! Oh, he's probably got a lot of, you know, after effects of Monsoon in there. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, Monsoon's the greatest commentator in the world. Yeah, one of the best, certainly. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it's... Half decent, but it's not wonderful. Yeah. And I think they probably could have done a lot more. You remember my apology at the beginning of the uh, the, the podcast, yes, Cameron? Yes. Now, watching the pay-per-view, I was thinking, like, I didn't know what I'd done to us before, you know, at the, at the start. Because, like, these three matches, like, they aren't bad. No. The double, the double J match is a bit ropey, but, you know, the, the other ones are not bad. You know, they're the pretty good matches, you know. They're, they're like kind of what you'd expect undercard matches to be to kind of get the audience going, not kind of get them too over the top, just kind of keep them chugging along. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? It's not too bad so far. And then Lex Luger turns up. The total package. Yes. The muscles. Yes. I'm probably going to put this his promo in here verbatim because in its way, it's glorious. You know, really didn't need to come down to this. But Iron... You wanted to start pointing fingers. You wanted to lay the blame for war games, so be it. I said I'd accept the blame, but that wasn't good enough for you. So you had to throw down the gauntlet. You planted the seeds, Arn, and now the crop has harvested, and it's not a garden of flowers. It's cactus. It's thickets of things that you'll never want to see from Lex Luger because, Arn Anderson, you've questioned my intestinal fortitude. You've questioned my courage. You've tested everything and questioned everything that I stand for. And now, Iron, you're going to see a total package that you've never seen before. You've seen a man that is going to come unglued. It's time for the total package. Somebody in WCW to make a stand around here. I'm sick and tired of everybody running each other down, jumping each other's backs. Well, now, Iron Anderson, you're going to see a side of me. Oh, my gosh, Iron Anderson. You know what? I'm going to the ring right now with one intent. I'm going to say it one more time. It didn't have to come this, but Arn, I'm not only going to beat you, I'm not only going to rack you, but I'm going to take you out and I'm going to hurt you. Is this when he suddenly comes up with a gardening analogy? Yes. He's also probably the only wrestler I've ever known to use the words, oh my gosh, in a, it's a, in a Oh promo. my gosh. Yeah. And it's like, you, you, you sowed all this and it's not, it's not, um, you're not harvesting wheat or something. You're harvesting cactus. Yeah, and it's like, cactus oh my god, dry weed. I think it is or something, like that, isn't it? Because last time I think we had the Lex. We talked about him. I think we agreed he was pretty much reading off cue cards for his uh, for his promo. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So this time he's gone right. I'm off the leash now. I can do what I like, and he and he delivers this. And it's terrible. It's. I mean, it's what for all for all people rant and rave about. You know, oh no, you don't want to be, you know, scripting promos because that's rubbish and it's not spontaneous and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a certain argument for, yeah, maybe not script a hundred percent, but yeah. certainly give them some indication of where they're going to yeah. go. But Arn Anderson, he questioned his intestinal fortitude. Yeah, that's kind of a dangerous thing with Arn Anderson. He he, he tested and questioned everything. You don't understand Luger's pain. It's I've just written a promo of wonder. It is. I think you should probably just drop it in here. 
the whole, whole thing, thing. Just, just people can experience it because i think if you haven't seen it you might not know you don't understand the majesty that is lex luger's promo in halloween havoc 96 it's incredible i just think just think if things have been different this is what would have followed hulk hogan yeah he was yeah you forget this this is him what Three years, two, removed? three years after two, that. three years after was the whole Yokozuna thing. It, could have been, we could have like forgotten the whole, you know, everything. The whole Diesel era exactly, could have been yeah, gone. We, exactly. we could have had Lex Luger delivering promos like this every week. That's what could have About happened. Gardening. The irony being that his hair looks like it was somehow grown in some kind it's of just, laboratory. I just don't. I just Lex Luger, man. Just when you think you've got his number nailed, he comes out with something like this. Exactly. I know. Yes. He's a man. He's the man. Let's have a little look here. I've put Aaron's music is shit. <laughs> I've done uh, exactly the same thing. Um, Actually, I've underlined shit. And he's wearing a denim jacket as well. Yeah, exactly. It looks a bit strange. Um, yeah. Aaron's a brawler. Uh, he rakes Lex across the ropes right from the start. Yeah. Um, Luger does this kind of weird, I want to say hulking up thing, but it's not Hulk Hogan. But he just kind of flexes. He flexes. He, he flexes. Flexes. He flexes. Yeah. Luger then picks up, they're on the outside of the ring, Luger picks up um, Arn Anderson and then runs into the padded ring post. As we already established on commentary, they are padded, <laughs> padded ring, ring posts. posts. And then that harms the small of Arn's back. Whoa, small of the back that time on the padded part of the ring post. Now, to be yeah. honest, this is probably the first match of the night that's got a really obvious bit of psychology to it. Uh, yeah. In that, they're both going for each other's backs, mainly because Luger's apparently had some kind of back trouble uh, that Arn's trying to get on. Because if if um, Luger injures his back, he can't lift Arn Anderson up for the torture rack. Yeah. If um, Arn Anderson's back's busted, obviously he's way more susceptible to tapping to the the uh, the, the torture rack. Yeah. Um, so it makes a lot of sense from that point of view. Yeah. And I must say as well, I think. I mean, our Anson was pretty getting pretty old by this point, but he's still probably look like the best looking wrestler so far. As like the like he's he's so brutal in what he does, like in the way he delivers everything. Oh yeah, because he's, so, he's um, like a he's like a total old pro. At yeah, this point. like this, um, he, he gives like a gut shot off the ropes to Luger that looks fantastic. Yeah, I just kind of just nails him for one, and um. I've noted here again. I've noted here. What is up with Lex Luger's hair? Question mark. It's all over the bit. All over it. I think there's a lot of static going through that. And then the thing, I'm not sure if it's Shivani or um, Dusty Rhodes, but again, another nice little quote All belts for World Championship Wrestling Championships, I might add. Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. Boy, we have had some furious action, fast, high impact action so far. We've had a new cruiserweight champion crown. We still have a tag team title bout and a world heavyweight title about to go. Title bouts for World Championship Wrestling Championships. <laughs> world Championship Wrestling Championships. Nice one. Not really knowing the name of the thing. And then I think Lex delivers the worst looking catapult you've ever seen in your life. Because Lex has got on and he's, he's going to do the whole thing. You, know, you get, get your, his feet under your armpits, full back, and you catapult the person. Oh, the yeah, air. yeah, yeah. He does this to the, tr- the, the padded turn. Yeah. yeah. But because Anderson's basically his head's under the crowd barrier because he's in a terrible position. He has to essentially stand up and then jump. So he doesn't really slingshot himself. As Lex full, like 
kind of sits backwards. It looks a lot worse for Alex than it does for Anderson, yeah. Anna. Yeah, it just doesn't look right at all. And then there's like no. terrible ref acting in there as well. Yes. <laughs> which is really bad because it's got like a nice little ref bump in there as well. And it's just, it's a weird bit that is. I mean, Lex isn't the smoothest guy in the world, but surely they could have got that. A bit no, it's, it, it looks really, really awkward as well. Um, there's a stunning bit of commentary from Heenan as well, as he says, Aaron Anderson's having trouble walking around as Heenan gets up and lariats Lex Luger. <laughs> uh, well done, he just it? kind of runs towards Lex Luger as soon as Bobby Heenan says he's having trouble walking around. I don't think Aaron Anderson can use his legs. I think he's... Sacroiliac and a sciatic nerve is hurt that much. He's having trouble walking around. Anderson just shoves him outside, and now Luger's hurt. Anderson goes for a DDT, but Luger just holds the top rope. I don't know if it was on purpose or not. Um, not. There's a ref bump, <laughs> and then the chair comes into play. Got him a chair. Got him a chair. Got him a chair. Thank you. Anybody else like this? Luger uses a chair on Anderson and basically batters him. And then Luger lifts up Aaron Anderson with the torture rack, and Aaron Anderson gives up. And then he, he kind of keeps it on for a while, though, doesn't he? Because it's like he's trying to punish Aaron Anderson because he's like, oh, he's a meanie. Yeah, there's a moment where I was thinking, oh, he's not going to release this, and then the referee's going to give the match to. That'll the kind of dusty finish. Reverse it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I realised I've probably been watching too many uh, Ken Shamrock matches from late 90s WWF <laughs> for that one. Flair and but- Jeff Jarrett come out to check on Arn. He's uh, so injured. Do you notice there's a bit after the finish where um, I think Arn's like in, he's, he's selling and then he's not selling and then he realizes he's on camera and then he starts selling again? Yes, <laughs> he kind of oh. oh, I'm on camera, ah, we're back. Oh, oh, my, oh my lumbago, oh, my, oh dear. Mm, it's okay for a match, but it's not sort of a pay per view kind of quality kind of thing, it's, is it? Well, it's, it's Lex Luger, isn't it? You get, you get what you get, yeah, pretty much. I mean. Who I mean, it took Ric Flair to get a good match out of Luger, didn't it? Maybe Sting as well. Yeah, I think they've always said that, isn't it? When Luger was in there with someone of exceeding ability, then he could have a good match. But if he was in there with someone as kind of average as he was, yeah. it was desperately dull. Does that? Here's a little thing for you. Does that kind of remind you of Roman Reigns? Uh... <laughs> like. I think, like, if you think back, his best matches were probably against, you know, people like Daniel Bryan. That was a cracking match at Fastlane last year. Oh, that was good, yeah. Um, but his match against Brock, that was a bit dull because Brock's not really... Like, Brock needs someone in there to lead the match as well. Yeah, Brock needs someone with a little bit more of a character. Yeah. Um, he just like a... Because Brock's just, you know, a character of just a, a straightforward killing machine. He's just a bear. That's yeah, pretty is. much. He's just a big grizzly. Yeah, yeah no, I know what you mean. Yeah, actually... Like he's Luger. got all the pieces though, like you know, but like both of them, they both got all the pieces. Oh yeah, like you know, Luger's look was fantastic. You know, he had oh, the, Luger uh, looked a million dollars. I mean, we just remember Bobby Heenan just basically masturbating over. Yeah, well, the camera, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for, I was waiting for Show Me the Body to come up on commentary. Show, show me the body. Show me the body. Uh, I'll, I'll just find the clip and put it back in here. Again. Very uncomfortable. But, um, but there was something, something about the Luger that just didn't click when it got to the the top of the stage, you know, the top of the card. Yeah, and I think Reigns can get past that, but at the moment, he kind of feels like Lex Luger, who just can't quite, just can't click, and just can't quite get some momentum behind himself. Does no. that make any kind of sense? Yeah, yeah, no, I can see where you're coming from. I can see where you're coming from. There's that kind of, you know, all the. I just think you, they always say in wrestling don't they, that you, you, you've got some people have just got it. 
and you can't teach it and you can't really develop it from nothing. Yeah. But if you've got it, then you'll <laughs> be, you know, it's like you can, and you can get, the more you watch wrestling, the more you can kind of see certain people have got yeah. this. Well, it's like I said earlier, you know, you, know, X, you know, you compare the, um, the Dean Ambrose Triple H match to the, yeah, Roman Reigns plays match, and it was chalk and cheese. You know, the, the the Ambrose one was fantastic all the way through because Ambrose has got it. Exactly, Ambrose he does have it. it. You know, Stone Cold had it. Yeah, still does. Uh, the Rock got it. Got it. I mean, you know, you can work at it. I mean, I, you could argue Triple H never really had it. He just worked himself to the position where he could to be seen to be have it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it kind of reminds me of like someone like here we go. I'm going to go into football now. Like David Beckham. Like David Beckham was never. He was never that fantastic. He wasn't wasn't like a naturally gifted, amazing footballer. He just trained himself until he was until he looked like a really gifted footballer. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I think Triple, Triple H is the same kind of guy. Like he wasn't. He, he wasn't as naturally gifted as someone like uh, The Rock or Stone Cold or all that. He but he worked himself to a point where he could be considered among those kind of people. So yeah. I think Roman Reigns is probably in that kind of boat where he may not necessarily have it, but he can work himself to just about where, where it looks like he's got it. But it's going to be a long way off, I think. I think it will be, yeah. But unless Luger never really got himself beyond that position, he was always just going to be the... Uh, unless he was working with the right person, he was always like this kind of guy, this kind of mid-cards. And I don't think anyone in WCW really had any idea what to do with him. No, Well, Bischoff didn't want him back, did he? No, Bischoff, Bischoff really didn't want to know him. I think he said he did it as a favour for Sting, essentially. Yeah, he did. Yeah, apparently so. Apparently that's it just because Sting went, yeah, he's, he's a friend of mine, you know, I'd really appreciate it if blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and he lo- I think he low-boarded him a contract and boom, he's in. Oh, yeah, because he became the first guy to really cross the line on Nitro because yeah. he appeared on the very first Nitro when yeah. he was technically, as far as everyone was aware, still in the WWF. Yeah. So that was part of it. Poor Lex. Oh, yeah. Oh, indeed. Poor Lex. Talking about Sting... You can find out where he is if you phone this $1.49 a <laughs> What's going on with Sting? Well, to find out, call the WCW hotline, 1-900-909-9900. You'll find everything you need to know about Sting. Calls are $1.49 a minute, and kids, don't forget, get your parents' permission before you call, but do make that call right now. Oh, Lee Marshall, you cad, trying to get his spend on money. Exactly, exactly. You, you cheeky monkey. Next up is the match that's not shown on the timeline <laughs> for a, a reason which will become obvious. We have the Faces of Fear with Jimmy Hart, which is... Uh, Meng and Barbarian. Meng and the Barbarian, yep. Versus, that's Haku and the Barbarian, isn't it? Just to translate it into late, late 80s WWE. Um, and then we have uh, against Chris Benoit and Steve McMichael, who I can only assume was... A, someone has done a sketch whilst drunk of Steven Seagal, and it's come to, <laughs> and it's come to life. Pretty much, Mung, Mungo, I believe his name is Mungo McMichael, which kind of yeah, I think yeah. But you know what? You know what? You know what? I mean, you put those people together. I don't think McMichael's the greatest wrestler in the world. Well, he's not a wrestler. He's not a wrestler. He's a American they, football, they admit the he's a failed American. Well, he didn't say fail, but you know, come on. And now these two guys facing two monsters. Of the Midway, if you will. And McMichael knows a lot about monsters of the Midway because he once was one. Steve McMichael, what a great transition he has made from the gridiron to the ring. He's a 
flunked American footballer, and that's why his entire offense in this match is pretty much based on American football tackles. Yeah, just running at people. And this, this is the old, yeah. the old Duggan trick: run at people, knock you know, chop block, chop block, and uh, yeah. that's about it, really. But then, like you know, you got Meng and Barbarian. Meng's, you know, Haku's, you know, being as you like Barbarian, whatever. But somehow, like I really like the opening of this match. Like you, could, I think they put um. Is it Benoit and the Barbarian in there? And they're just like they're just going all over the place. I think there's a bridge suplex that Benoit does on Barbarian looks fantastic. Oh yeah, there's a yeah, there's a German suplex in a bridge, yeah. which is just. And then um, when Michaels comes in, they bring they bring Haku in, and Haku works around his like his lack of skill really well. I think he's wide enough of a veteran to kind of know how to make Michaels look better than he is. Yeah, and like the opening kind of first bits, he he kills Ben uh, Barbarian kills Benoit with a power bomb. It's like a nice double team bit and all that. Mm-hmm. I I like it was. I was quite enjoying this. I was actually enjoying it, Cameron. This was a good match. This was a yeah, a, a, quite a good match. This is when the pay per view kind of gets. It goes up a probably one gear. Yeah, for the last three matches, it's not like oh my god, it's taking off. Yeah, I but think it's... it's because you've got the um the kind of two of the four horsemen because that's sitting that's bubbling around in the background, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've written a quote down for Compton. Don't know where it's from, but part of your hair is good as as good as a shovel. I'm not sure what that means. I'll try and find a sound clip for that. The Halliburton is still loaded, and it's been used many times. Who knows what's in that Halliburton? Bricks, sand, lead. Who knows? I tell you what, those things are heavy enough. It doesn't have to be anything to have the effect. No, it's all aluminum. You can part your hair as good as a shovel. But then we get towards the end of the match, and it just, just, just descends into madness, essentially. Yeah, because they've got... There's a briefcase that McMichael's brought down. They get um he pans Meng's head with this suitcase. Benoit then gets a flying headbutt for the three count on Meng. Yeah. Dungeon of Doom have been at ringside for about the last three matches in Vade. McMichael's taken out quite quickly. Benoit tries to take on everybody, ends up failing. Apparently yeah. they although to be fair to them, they do have a logical storyline reason why Arn Anderson um, Flair and Jarrett can't come down to the ring to help them because they've gone off with Arn to the hospital, haven't they? So they can't come down to help them. They've gone off the hospital with Arn Anderson, yeah. yeah. And then, if you remember, I think the whole feud between Benoit and Sullivan is because on the show, Benoit is seeing Ke- Kevin Sullivan's um, woman, yeah, who is actually Kevin Sullivan's wife, yeah, who actually ended up marrying, who will then marry Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Uh, and so. meet her ultimate fate in about ten years' time. In about oh yeah, eleven years, two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. So it's all a little bit weird. It's, the end of especially this. when you've got as part of the story Kevin Sullivan screaming in Nancy's face, um, pointing at Benoit on the ground, going, "No, he's not the man. I'm the man." I did you hear that? Let's listen to the man. He's not the man. Just remember. I mean, say what you want about, you know, I, I think we we always say this on this podcast when we go on, we watch Benoit matches back. I've kind of got desensitized to it now. Yeah, I see what you mean. I kind of don't, I kind of don't think about what happened. And I'm just there kind of going, yeah, it's Benoit. Which seems really cold and really kind of like, mm-hmm. But um, I would argue not as cold as killing your family. <laughs> uh- that's pretty cold, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's pretty sub-zero. So, yeah, I watched this match not really... It was a bit harder because, obviously, there's 
his wife, who he yeah. murdered in the ring with him. And like you say, like the, the first ten, uh, yeah, half of the match is really good. Oh, it yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Into it just sends the... into storyline-based nonsense at the end. Yet again, a match is kind of brought to its knees by the booking around it. Exactly. And this is what I mean. All throughout this show, the actual physical wrestling match seems to be the afterthought because it has to be some sort of, you know, rather than story kind of be there, but it told through the act of this fight. It's just like, oh, here's a fight, but here we're going to just descend it and break it up because this is happening. But we're back to going back to Ted and the crowd. He's keeping score, apparently, because this is being scored, is it? I'm not I'm, sure. I have no idea, but it is to him, no idea. apparently. Uh, but anyway, Hall and Nash versus the Harlem Heat. Yeah, now this is the match that, of, of this pay-per-view, this is the match that always comes up as one to watch. Yeah. Because this is the match that got... Uh, it was, it's recreated in the um, Legends pack in uh, WWE 2K16. Oh, is it? Yeah, you get the Halloween... That's interesting. Ha- you get the Halloween Havoc 96 um, arena. Yeah. And you get all four members of this... Um, why, why would you want the arena? Oh, uh, can you see the nose strip they've got? Because that is like 90s right there, that is. Uh, possibly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the turnbuckles are covered. <laughs> Maybe they can't get the Slim Jims. Exactly. Maybe they can't get the Slim Maybe they're taking that Slim Jim money back. Maybe. Slowly, bit by bit. Can you still buy Slim Jims? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think so. I think Macho was still advertising them until he died, I'm pretty sure. Was he? Christ. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, JWRC introduces uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Hall looks a little bit out of it. Well, I think they're out. They're out a little bit late because I assume they're finishing the drinks backstage. Probably, yeah. But he's still good in the match, though. He still looks really good. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah. He, oh, sa- yeah. Like, he sells for the, the heat. Like he puts them over really well. I think that was something always people kind of forget about Scott Hall and you know, Razor. He always put over his opponents really well. Yeah, like he always really sold for them. Made everybody, made everybody else look really good. Oh, he was a, he was a pro. Given yeah. that, but um... knew what he was doing. Was it not Bischoff who once said that the problem he had with the NWO is that towards, like, he soon established that the only um, person in the NWO, the three main ones that could actually wrestle was Scott Hall. Probably. Because Hulk Hogan was past it pretty much by that stage yeah. physically. He's going into his back probably. Yeah, and then Kevin Nash basically injured himself in a mild breeze. Yes. Um, so the only person he could really rely on to get a decent sort of main event level match was Scott Hall. Yeah, and Scott Hall does a heck of a lot in this one. Yeah, he's he's the, he's the one in the, in the ring most of the time, isn't he? Yeah, he does it. Uh, I've got here. Cole carries the opening of this match. He gets a top rope bulldog on Stevie Ray. I've also put a note on here. Hall nearly gets a three count accidentally. I'm not quite I can't remember <laughs> how he does that, but well, don't they go for the whole DQ if you get thrown over the top rope thing as well? Well, with this, did he, him him out, get him. did he throw him out of the ring or not? No, the momentum took him. Momentum took him. Good yep. call, ref. Yeah, it was a good call. I don't know. He hip locked him out. That's over the top rope. Although the crowd are doing like a diesel chant and a razor chant at points during this, aren't they? So. Yeah, because crowds are arsehole sometimes. Yeah. There's a moment where uh, Scott Hall catches Booker T in mid and does a follow slam. Hall are then put Hall then sexually assaults Sherry. <laughs> because why not? Because Sensational Sherry is obviously as in the ring with um, Colonel Tom Parker managing Harlem Heat. And, yeah, uh, didn't last year at World War Three we did that? Like they were together or a married couple or something? No, no they, they, were, they were in the crowd and they were just like, you know, sat watching, talking, stuff, watching stuff and it never referenced them apart from that. Yeah. 
So I wasn't quite sure what was going on with that there. But again, this is the outside storytelling of the booking coming in. You know, rather than it feeding off the wrestling, it's affecting the wrestling and it's kind of dragging the finish down, I would say. Yeah, pretty much. Because it's like Parker's doing a heel turn or something. Well, he's... Well, what the ending of it comes when Parker tries to get in, get in, gets into the ring. Nash seems to threaten him. Parker hides his walking cane he's got, which is pretty much a thin piece of wood. Yeah, and it's then, not a team, not a, not Hogan. Um, no, a no, team no, before, no, is no, no. Then Nash grabs it off him, or does Parker give it to him? And then Ooh. he uses it behind the referee's back to smash. Um, I think it's Stevie Ray, isn't it? Yeah, and then. Scott Hall pins Stevie Ray as a result of that attack. And the Outsiders, Nash and Hall, become the new tag team champions for WCW. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a bit weird, it's really. Bit, but the thing, is, the, the thing is about the end of this is the commentators are supposed to sound utterly devastated that the NWO have gained ground in the war with WCW and, oh, it's terrible and terrible. terrible. The crowd love it. They are firmly on the side of the interview, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The crowd are cheering to the rafters. <laughs> it it kind of made. I think. I think. I think. Obviously, at some point, they wanted to turn the whole company into the interview, didn't they? Because they had the interview. They had their own pay per view. Was it next year? Um, I think it was sold out. Next sold seven. out. Isn't it? Yeah, it's a rubbish pay per view. So I think the idea of you know having like growing a company within your current company to replace it that's more popular that kind of that idea kind of makes sense mm. it's kind of what the WWE have done with NXT like you know, if, if the competition is not going to provide you any competition we'll create it within our own selves yeah so you know the, de- the developmental becomes its own brand which then becomes its own show which then becomes its own kind of its own following and then starts to influence the main show and starts kind of pushing them a bit more mm-hmm. so I get the idea of kind of you know creating this company within the company and making it the kind of focus and stuff but like you said you've only really got one good wrestler at the moment yes who's scott hall mm-hmm. like the giant at this stage is far from being any kind of finished package whatsoever mm. and you've got him in your end you've got him in your nwo six you know yeah he's skilled but you can't build a company around sit him can you because no. his drug abuse exactly taken and all that so well, it was a great idea, but it was kind of flawed from the beginning, wasn't it? It was like, if you unless you develop your great younger talent, which are, you know the Malenkos, the Mysterios, the Jericho's, all those guys, and bring those up, then you probably got a chance. But they didn't do that. They they no interest in doing. No interest in doing. They just wanted to keep themselves at the top. I think the the, the WCW tactic at this time of signing all these legends to really big contracts, yeah, worked well for a while. So this is probably well, yeah. when it's working okay, yeah. But that was always I, destined to fall off a cliff because there that you can't you, you can't have them around for ten fifteen years. Exactly, yeah. You can't build the whole. They've already been around for ten fifteen years. Yeah, they're they're on a limited limited lifespan. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably where it went a bit wrong for WCW towards yeah, the end. It was wrong. all working fine out. It must have all seemed like a garden of roses at the moment, but as soon as that Stone Cold thing hits, sort of yeah. mid ninety eight. That that which is which is properly new as opposed to this which is something new but wrapped up in all something all wrapped up in new clothes. Mm-hmm. Like the Hogan heel turn, I think was probably key to getting it over. But in hindsight, 
anybody like they needed somebody else in there just to give that extra dimension to it. I can appreciate where Hogan was going nowhere in the yellow and red. Yeah, he had to do something. And that's he had to do something. Otherwise, yeah. the whole WCW thing was going to be a flop. And I think, to be honest with you, the heel turn that he did was, it's probably one of the best heel turns. Yeah. I'll give him that. It was a phenomenal heel turn. Like, I don't think the NWO would have been anywhere near as big without it. No. Oh, not at all. Not at all. If it had just been Nash and Hall, the kind of novelty might have wore off after a while. Yeah. Uh, but as it is, when they've got joined by Hogan, Hogan suddenly becomes this linchpin of the entire thing. Yeah. And he could channel into the fact that the fans had basically booed him for being quite boring for yeah. two years really in WCW so he did not bad at all that was the trouble I think we're going to get up to I think in the next match towards the end of that it was going to reveal the future of the company in a certain way yeah which we'll, exactly because exactly. next is, is is Hulk Hogan it's Hogan himself yeah uh, spiky haired Hulk Hogan it's Zack Ryder Hulk Hogan and he comes out talking about how he's gone to Hollywood and he's done three ninjas and Santas with muscles. Yeah, and they've all been great success. Yo, NWOites, I just got done with my brand new three ninja movie. On November 8th, my brand new movie, Santa with Muscles, opens up, brother. And I got tired of body slamming Hollywood this week. So I decided to come back one more time and body slam a long lost lovesick puppy named the Macho Man. Ooh, yeah. Body slam Hollywood by doing two of the worst films that have ever been done. But hey, he thinks they're great. So that's fine. Terrible. That's okay. And apparently, um, um, is it Hall and Nash have been escorted from the building? Hall and Nash have been escorted from the building. Oh, or have they gone to the bar? But uh, well, it's possibly gone to the bar. They've probably gone to the same place the giant went to when he was escorted from the building because now he's appeared right on Hogan's side again. Yes. So he was escorted from the building, but then was allowed back in. Allowed back in again. Yeah. I always forgot the WCW had Bruce Buffer doing their announcements. I, 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 I see that like, question. I, I counter it by saying, has there been anybody else doing match announcements this, this, this paper? No, not at all. They only saved him for the main events. Yeah, but I mean, no, I mean, well, was there anybody else doing ring announcing the rest of the show? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I got. To, I was like, they've not been doing any of the ring announcing. But what? How does that work you're, for a live crowd? You're correct. Yes, no one has done that. So, um, yeah, we're into the main event: Hulk Hogan versus Macho Man. Uh, Macho Man's music starts early. Already in the ring, in the company of the NWO Super Big Man, the Giant, and his personal advisor, Mr. Ted DiBiase. We have one of the world's most famous athletes. Wearing black, trimmed with white, he weighs 269 and one-half pounds. He now resides in Hollywood, California. And they have to stop it and restart. Yeah, they have to stop it and restart because Hogan's still got a promo to get through. That's good, yeah. So that, yeah, that bodged that That up. was well timed. That bodged that one, yes. Slim Jim, Slim Jim Macho Man comes out again. Slim Jim Macho Man, but then he doesn't go down to the ring. He stops halfway down the aisle, walks back towards where he's come from, and points into what can only be described as a kind of black hole in one corner of the arena. Yeah. And then they um, drive a monster truck through towards the crowd. And With a giant hat on it. With a giant hat on it, 
which uh, apparently isn't road legal. A look at the Macho Man Monster Truck. That was given away to a lucky fan from Michigan, we understand, here tonight. And look at the monster hatred in that man right there. The Macho Man Randy Savage. All right, we do understand that was not the one given away, but it was a road legal Slim Jim Monster Yeah, truck. that ain't going to okay. be legal. I drive trucks like that. That ain't legal. No, I know you road. do. No, they make that out, don't they? They make that out. Not the road legal version. We gave away the road legal version of a monster truck. I've yet yes, to look what? up what the heck a monster truck needs to be to be road legal. but Like seat belts and, you know, indicators and stuff, I think. Probably. Optional, obviously. Um, optional. Probably optional, yeah. Um, yeah. All I'm thinking of, though, get that, get that picture of that monster truck in your head, by the way, Phil. <laughs> Do I'm I want it I'm about, No, I'm about to give you two words. Go on, then. Rocket League. Oof. <laughs> It's got a hat on I'd, for crying out loud. I'd pay for that. What's that? £3 DLC? I'll pay for that. <laughs> Screw it. I'll pay for that all day the long. Slim Jim Macho Man Halloween Havoc 97. Yeah. Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'll pay for that. It's probably going to be more entertaining than watching this replay of WrestleMania 5. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's the terrible Parping Savage theme tune as well. Oh, it's the worst. It's the a, one that's like, how can you, how can you mess that theme tune up? Well, you simply go from da 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 to it's terrible. You know, I was going to obviously go find the sound clips for that, but I don't think I'll bother now because that was so pitch accurate. It was that, I don't think... If you close your eyes, you were there. You, you were there. Yeah. You were there. Exactly. Um, the interesting thing, what I find, this is a difficult match to find interesting things in it, but there's, um, it's the fact that um, Hogan leaves his glasses on for the majority of the match. <laughs> yes. And also the way that, obviously, prior to this, Hogan was always like the kind of big um, face character and always, you know, he was on the attack and he's like, I'm going to beat him and all that. So seeing him play like the incredibly cagey heel, who's like dodging the fights all the time and is on his knees begging not to be hit, it's a bit weird and a, it's a little bit refreshing seeing Hogan play a different kind of character in the ring. But Hogan is cowering away from him. He's a coward. He's as yellow as the hair on his head. But I think he, he goes way too far off the other side, though. He is the definition of the chicken shit heel yeah. in the opening of this match. There's not much wrestling goes on in the opening of this match at all, no. ever. But we do get the great sight of uh, Macho stealing Hogan's glasses, putting them on, and then punching the wig off Hulk Hogan and putting that on as well. And shoving it down his throat at one point. Yeah. In the I, I thought that was great, that bit. Like, with the, he's just wearing the two things, and he's just like, yeah. Yeah, I think Tony Chavon... It is what, what it, it is. Because it is. Is what it is. There's a brilliant moment in commentary where Tony Schiavone says something along the lines of Hulk Hogan has a mouthful of toupee. As Hulk Hogan has a mouthful of toupee. Well, it needed to be done a long time ago. Which I don't think is anything he ever thought he was going to say. He should have said, Hulk Hogan's got a lot to pay for. Oh, that's what he should have done. Jesus, no. What he should have done. No, he shouldn't have. But I think I think that's probably the highlight of the match. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's a pretty poor, poor main event. Uh, I mean, fair, I mean, fair play. 
they they both getting old. But I think Macho could still go at this point. Oh, Macho! Quite... Well, that was the whole argument Macho had with Vince when he left, wasn't it? Because Vince couldn't see him as ever wrestling in a sort of proper capacity again. Yeah, he always he wanted then, to tease him as color. And... Yeah, and then Macho had a whole thing of going, no, 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 I'm good to go, I'm good to go. I've done my commentary stint, I'm good to go. And yeah. then it's just no, didn't. So that's part of the reason why that occurred yeah. was because. And then, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, he could probably still go, and that'd be fine. Didn't he kind of go away? He went off for a while, then he kind of put a logo muscle back on, then he came back and kind of changed his look a little bit. He had that kind of necklace thing going, didn't he? And he had his hair shaved a bit more, I think. Well, he ends up joining the NWO as well, doesn't he? Of course he does. Everybody does. Yeah, it does I've, been, I've been in the NWO three times. Have you? Yeah. Oh, Christ, man. No, I had my own one at School Field WO. Oh, nice. How were the t shirts? They were amazing. Brilliant. It's just my face. With W.O. on the eyeballs, that's all it is. <laughs> so we've got, what we've got for the shop? I'd actually buy that, Phil. <laughs> what have we got from the shop? We've got that. I can't remember what the other one was now. We've got two t-shirts out of this podcast. We've got um, what they are. Mental Death Lariat. Mental Death Lariat. Phil W.O. Uh, Phil W.O. And whatever it was we came up with um, earlier. I will listen back on the recording. The other like dodgy one was probable Benoit, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a bit dodge, that, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, little a bit, bit dodge. That's not going to sell. A bit too dodge. We get a chair shot. Yeah. Apparently, this is a no, D, no DQ match. I've got a whole I thing. Think. Yeah, here's steel chair by Macho, no DQ. Hogan with chair, no DQ. Another chair shot, no DQ. Here's Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth. And then I think um, Macho goes to. There's a pin on Paul Hogan's tights. We get like an early preview of the sex tape. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Hogan's arse hanging out in this one, and I don't really want to see that. And he's still, he's still going really cowardly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because he uses Elizabeth as a human shield twice. And I've written here, um, uh, the ref just not bothering to get Elizabeth out of the ring, then a ref bump, and you can just feel them losing the crowd. Yeah, pretty much. It's getting ridiculous. Uh, you can just feel it getting... Oofed. Elizabeth throws herself in front of Macho Man to protect him. There's Hogan misses a leg drop. There's some kind of foreign object going on as well that Hogan keeps trying to get off Liz. Is it like a knuckle duster or something? Yeah, something like that. Like that. I think Macho, uh, Ted DiBiase throws it in the ring thinking that Hogan's going to pick it up and Elizabeth picks it up already. And yeah. Hogan cannot get a object out of the hands of a woman who is half his size. And look what Elizabeth does. He just apparently got an object of some kind from Ted DiBiase and Liz took it away from him. She's got it behind her. Of course he can't, because Miss Elizabeth, she's got like a firm grip. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm assuming um, that's why she was so popular. Well, don't speak ill of the dead. Sorry. Um, so, <laughs> so I do apologise. There's Cameron, a macho man scoop I'm slam, reservedly. and then that leads into the elbow, uh, which you think Savage is going to win it, but Nick Patrick counts for a two, and then before he can go for a third one, it's suddenly ooh ah my neck. Uh, Macho uses the object, the knuckle dust, whatever it is, goes for the elbow. DiBiase attacks him. The giant comes, is down to ringside again, having been banished earlier on in the match. Yeah. The giant then he takes out Ted as well when he comes down. Yeah. Uh, the giant then choke slams Savage on the outside. Oh, it's a rough looking choke slam. It that, is isn't a it? really. It's kind of like just kind of like lift them up, but then kind of sink to your knees, then drop. Yeah. Kind of it's not pleasant for anybody at all. No. Uh, then Macho's rolled back in the ring. Uh, they drag Hogan over Macho's shoulders, and it's a three count from Nick Patrick. Oh. And look at DiBiase telling Nick 
Yeah, because Hogan's knocked out, isn't Job he? Done. Yeah, Hogan's knocked out completely, apparently. Hogan's then, just gone. Yeah, and the only way to wake him up is for the giant to get, like, the most ostentatious bowl full of ice. Yeah, it's like, it's very ceremonial, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a big kind of, just... like... It's like the pensive thing from Harry Potter. You know, yeah. you know the many, he kind of gets that and just tips over Hogan in the middle of the ring, which doesn't seem like a good idea, but he does. Yeah, he just, just to wake him up. Tips it over and then that's it. And then Hogan wakes up having seemingly no recollection of any kind of yeah. um, winning at all and claims complete innocence yeah. of everything. And the crowd's still really flat. But wait, Cameron, what is this noise playing in the background? What's this noise that goes on for about two minutes? Is this bagpipes? It might well be. Could it be? It probably is. Is it be? Is it? Oh, it's only Rowdy Roddy Piper. Wow! Would you look at this? Yes! You know who that is! My goodness! It's Rowdy Roddy Piper! No doubt about it! It's only Roddy Piper come down to the ring. With what looks like one of them comedy kilt tea towels on. Yeah, that pretty it's, much. It's, I, I can confirm to you, by the way, as a Scotsman, that kilt is not an officially fitted one. <laughs> that is not Thank happening. Thank you for the official confirmation there, Cameron. That's brilliant. That is, that's Scottish. That's confirmation from Scotland. That's not That's not right. That's not right. Not right. And, so, the, and then we get a nice... Spot and looks made of cardboard as well. And he's got that kind of stiff-legged gait of a rest. He's got a really bad back. Yeah, pretty much. There's a, yeah. there's a bit of limping going on. Yeah, but it, it, it feels like there's a little bit of heat with this promo. Yeah, a well, bit of heat. The, apart from the moment that Piper mentions WrestleMania. You remember WrestleMania? <laughs> Tell me something. If I hadn't knocked out Mr. T, took on the New York City Police Department, chased Dick Clark back, had my way with Liberace, if they didn't hate me so much, you'd think they would have been cheering you so much. As he says, he says, he says, I'm shooting with this one. Yeah, it just... He drops that in there, doesn't he? You know, let me have my piece, because I'm shooting with this one, folks. I don't care, man. I'm a multi-millionaire, too. But it results, and I'm going back to a point of, yes, you can rant and rave against scripted promos as much as you want, but sometimes it's good to give them an idea where they're going to go, because yeah. otherwise this is the alternative. This promo rambling goes rambling on for about 10 minutes. But what I quite like is how he deals with the giant, though. Like, whenever the giant comes, he's, he kind of keeps doing these kind of withering insults to the giant. Oh, what does he away. call him? Why don't you just head back with a Jolly Green Giant and take a break? Sit back, Sprout. Sit back. Get your hands off, Sprout. So, so that, so that, that, that name is funny, Gizm, isn't it, Cameron? From the, the the audio clip that we remembered listening to. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. That's cracking, isn't it? Whatever, really funny whatever it is, you that. just put into the podcast that we obviously yeah. listened to just now. And that's yeah. what it was, yeah. But I wonder if they gave him clearance to clear do the WrestleMania name, or they just kind of said to him, just say what you like. I, I genuinely think they probably got him in the building and just told him to go. Yeah. Because like, they haven't referred to TNA at all, have they, since AJ's come in? No. Like, they even mentioned it in the Edge and Christian show. They talk about AJ, though. Can you talk about the company you were with between 2004, 2000, whatever it was? 
the company I spent 12 years wrestling for from 2002 to 2014, earning much of my fame and respect. Will the WWE talk about it? <laughs> it is funny, isn't it? No! No, they will never talk about that! Because <laughs> they'll mention me, they've shown clips of like uh, Nakamura in um, Ring of Honor and Progress in the UK, uh, Pro Revolution in the UK, haven't they? Yep. They kind of shown all this old stuff. They referred to him by name, like, you know, images courtesy of whatever. That mm-hmm. like, TNA doesn't get a mention. No, they're not giving TNA the light of day. So, you know, it wouldn't happen these days, would it? If someone goes, oh, I remember us on Impact Wrestling, well, it wouldn't happen at all, really, would it? No, like, it wouldn't happen at all, no. But you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> like, you wouldn't get them mentioning, like, another, like, TNA's brand at all on nope, screen. So you wouldn't at mentioning all. WrestleMania. No. Dixie Carter would probably think it would be the best thing ever because that would be brand recognition as far as she's concerned. And then um, I think I think Hogan Hogan does have a dig at the ki- oh, the killers now. I remember him kind of having a little insult, a little stab at it, saying it's like a skirt or something. Hogan Hogan nice. knows that that kilt's not fitted. Hogan's up there up there about. with his uh, Scottish fashion. Yeah, but then he messes his lines up, though, doesn't he? Messes his lines up. Now that I look in your eyes, maybe we need to have the war that didn't settle the score. You your want days come. Yeah, I want to know something. Yeah. I'm the because there's no lines too messed up. Just They're blatantly right just waffling. Yeah. Basically, the point should be Piper should get in there and say what he eventually gets around to saying, which is, of all the guys you're talking about, the only one you never beat was me. Yeah, Fine. which is true. That's the core of the whole thing. Yeah, but the core of his argument is that you know you wouldn't be Hulk Hogan without me is right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he's, he's, that's the whole point he's made is that he needed he needed a foil of some kind. Yeah. Tell me something. If I hadn't knocked out Mr. T, took on the New York City Police Department, chased Dick Clark back, had my way with Liberace, if they didn't hate me so much, you think they would have been cheering you so much? And it's like just as the whole just as the program feels like it's building something, just as they're kind of edging towards each other, just as you feel like the culmination of this last few minutes is going to come to something. The pay per view finishes. Fear. We have to go. Tell Let's you go. something else. Now we got a problem. Oh, man, we, we have to get out of here. Good night, everybody. Here. This is my sport. You can have this for now, but I'm telling you something. I won't allow no. And then it just comes up with. Copyright 996, to be, you know, World Championship Wrestling, blah, 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 blah. And it disappears. Bang, gone. And they're still talking. Still talking. They haven't done anything. Do you know how this would have worked in WWF if they'd done a similar kind of thing in WWF? The person would have come back. They would have gone to the ring. They would have beaten up whoever, you know, um, I don't know. Someone would have come down beating up Stone Cold Steve Austin and just stood there in the ring. Well, they would have Not just, saying a word. They would have just stood there. Pay would have finished. Yeah. The next night on Raw, they would come out, and then you'd have this twenty. Then you'd have promo. the t- promo, yeah, yeah. yeah. But basically, it, that's yeah, how you're right. It would have been Piper comes down, Piper lays out Hogan, or probably more likely Hogan would have ran to the outside yeah. of the ring. Piper then would have laid out the giant, yeah, and then st- you'd have him like cheer- the crowd would have been cheering. He yeah. would have been like on the second rope, hands out to the crowd, and all that music blaring. Piper would have delivered the promo while standing on the giant's rib cage. <laughs> and would have just been of all the guys you're talking about, the only one you never beat was me. And then you would have gone off there, there. <laughs> yeah, just that one line. Yeah, you know, and, and that would have been it. And you'd have like Jim Ross and come to you, and oh my god, we're, 
what's this going to mean for Monday Night Raw? What's going to happen tomorrow night? Yeah, it would have been, yeah, you would have got Jim Ross with, yeah, like, Hogan is livid! Hogan is yeah. livid! Hogan what's can't gonna happen to What's going to happen on Raw? What's going to happen yeah. tomorrow? They would have done that way. And that would have made way more sense than having them talk interminably for like half an hour. Yeah, they just go for like, on and on. For what on. feels like a day. And then it ends before anything of any merit happens. Yeah, they don't get at all anything They don't done. touch. They don't do anything like yeah it's... they don't like dropping the mics oh. and start squaring up to each other so you've got that image to finish with it's just it's just end with two old people just being grumpy with each other yeah pretty much talking about From stuff two corners happened. of the ring talking about stuff that happened 10 years previous oh it's just I like this just sums up like i think this is where they're heading towards as a company i think where they want to be heading towards is you know uh, Jericho and Six and Mysterio and Malenko. Yeah. Maybe even, you know, Meng and those guys heading towards that. But instead, like this last promo, this is going to be the next, probably, you know, majority of the main events for the next three years. That's, that is, yeah, it's going to be Hogan versus some other old guy. Yeah. Um, Until they kind of got, they got, they kind of got lucky with, with uh, Goldberg. Yes. And that that gave them like another story to go with, you know, with that for a little bit. But this is essentially where we're headed. Is just. Do you think they had the whole thing about trying to turn American football players into wrestlers, and McMichael's kind of the first one that they tried it with, and then they hit Goldberg, and they were like, "Oh, look at that!" Yeah, yeah. Because there is a match I seem to remember seeing. I can't even remember what pay per view it was, but it is McMichael versus Goldberg. I bet that was a good match. Uh, not really. <laughs> you surprised me. Yeah, I, I know it's shocking, but it wasn't that. But again, I think you know. Well, well, I think Goldberg's one of those guys. He's got it, but he hasn't got the work to back it up. Yeah, he didn't Does have the technique. Yeah, yeah, to back it up. It was obviously just oh, he's got something. Let's push him at the hill, even though he's physically uh, not quite trained enough. Yeah, he's he's as green as you know the ten dollar bill, but we're going to try and get him there anyway. Yeah, pretty much. But to be fair, them they they turned it into. Some kind of level of success. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was the fact they pushed him as a monster for so long. I think that's what that's mainly what made it work. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but apart from Goldberg and you know, I mean, the the launch in the next year or so, they'll launch into the Sting versus the NWO idea. Yeah. But again, that was something where like it was a really good idea, and then they just drag it on for what was it, about six months or something. He was like hanging around in the crowd and stuff. What Sting? Yeah, more like he, felt like he was more like he, but no, I would argue that they built up quite well at that Starcade '97 main event because yeah. they had, I mean, that's which is still, let's face it, more than a year away from this pay per view. Um, and Sting never spoke during all of that. That was the best bit about it. Yeah. Sting never spoke. I think it's always best for you if you have a feud and the guys to actually touch. Yeah, they properly like keep them apart for as long as yeah, possible. Yeah, keep them apart as long as possible. And then go for it when you feel you, you know you set up and you can't you know yeah it was like Sabu and um, Taz in the first you know the yeah. their first few in ECW like they 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 weren't you know they didn't go on each other for it there, there was heat between them I think it was, and whenever they got into the ring things kind of happened I think it was like, about eighteen months up. they went there was they didn't make contact it was about eighteen months yeah. in the initial kind of like spark of the feud so like yeah. eighteen months away. just keep them apart just just keep the audience you know anticipating that payoff. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of keeps people coming back. Obviously, though, that that you need to judge that as best you can. But you don't want feuds like we're going to get Piper and Hogan if you're going to bottle it. Yep. 
because this ends up with like a really rubbish cage match, isn't it? I think I've already um, talked about it's the, the, the worst built cage in his life. It's the cage match, which the WWF at the time referred to as age in the cage. Um, if I remember rightly, <laughs> that's not a bad line to be honest. No, not really. It's a terrible ending to a really desperately average pay per view. Yeah, to be honest. But I mean, it's like somehow this was still doing really good on TV. Like, yeah, because they still had the names. They still had. Still that's had what the, it was. Yeah, that's all. Uh, that the entire WCW thing with NWO was built on the fact that it had known high-profile names coming over from the WWF. Yeah, and the WWF were losing everyone. Um, yeah, you know, but, and it was like edgy in a way that the other company hadn't quite got a grasp of yet. Yeah, oh yeah, it would take f- forever. I mean, I think uh, one of the main questions what was Vince's attitude promo. Was it the November '97 or that? It was after. After the um the Montreal Screwjob, really, yeah, wasn't pretty it? much, yeah, it was like, a, yeah, what the we've been insulting your intelligence thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was tailored. It, it took him about a good year or so to kind of really grasp what they needed to do to kind of get ahead of what exactly. And doing. I think a lot of that from watching those pay per views, a lot of that could probably be placed at the door of Shawn Michaels and Triple H because whilst they were doing the DX stuff, and yes, it was a bit sort of college humor. Um, it, frat boy stuff. Yeah, frat boy college humor <laughs> stuff. It uh, allowed them to, to you know, appeal to frat college boys basically. Yeah. Um, which gave them, which overnight basically put them up a couple of brackets on the age rating of their audience, and allowed yeah. them to do more risky stuff. And obviously, Michaels has to leave after WrestleMania fourteen. So Michaels really, from a wrestling point of view, isn't that much involved with the Attitude Era. But no. he was still lay the foundations he, for it. He kind of, yeah, he kind of lay the foundations for it. But it, it, I think what he did was that he allowed other wrestlers to be their own characters. Yeah, you know, it, it allowed the rematch to become Stone Cold. It allowed Hunter Soundly to be Triple H. It allowed Mankind to be, well, you know, whoever we wanted to be. Really, it allowed, allowed him to be Mick Foley. Really, didn't it? Yeah, essentially, very much. It allowed you know Rocky Maivia to be the rock. It allowed them to kind of go right. I want to do this. I think I can get it over. And yeah. Because they're more invested in it, it kind of helps them with their. I was going to get over. Yeah. Whereas conversely with WCW, you've got the the, the upper mid carder on their big fat contracts. You can do what they like essentially. And they're kind of holding down this mid card that probably would have been able to really kind of go for it. I think mm-hmm. you know, the big the, the some of the wrestlers that they had on their books at the time. Oh yeah. If they were if they were allowed really to, to really properly go for leash and really probably go for it, but they always end up being squashed. You know, seven dead guy, seven guys come running and just you know squash you, leaving flat in the middle of the ring. For like yeah, it became it became so infested with ego that it just was impossible to handle. Yeah, and I think this this pay per view, I think you can you can kind of see the the wheels just starting to come off. Um, you can see elements of why they would come off. I wouldn't say the wheels have come off just yet. They still have the whole. 97 was probably the main pinnacle year for WCW. Yeah. Okay, the wheels are kind of doing that thing where they're kind of going around in like a, yeah, a wibbly circle. You can see kind of where it's going and it's going yeah. to explode eventually. You can look at it and go, well... But for now, they're riding the train. Yeah. You can kind of look at it. Well, it's like we, we did that um, DCW paper. You can kind of see, well, it wants to be that company, but it has to be this company in order to kind of keep itself yeah, going. exactly. And WCW wants to be the cool, hip NWO company, but it's got to be the Hogan Piper Company because that's how it that's thinks it's best. How, to yeah, that's how they think it's going to go down. Yeah, and it's a shame because you know if they could have just gone a bit better, we probably would still have two companies. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, at the very at the very top of the very top of the industry, they might if they, if they could have done a bit more to survive. 
Yeah, they could have done a bit more to survive and not like not been crap. Well, not put Russo in charge. Yeah, that was really that was who drained all the money and yeah. He'll argue to this day that it's not his fault. But wasn't it? Was it? Was it yesterday? Was it the anniversary of um, David Arquette winning? David Arquette being champion. Well, yeah, WWE Championship. Yeah, which would be the kind of the deer of the company, wouldn't it? So there was probably the lowest point. Um, But you get like um, Russo will say that no one cares about titles when they watch wrestling shows, and that was his whole argument for like switching it. Something like. You know, hey, bro, no one cares about titles, that's bro. It, it's just no like one cares no about one, the titles, no bro. About the titles, bro. Uh, Listen, bro, when I was there, I, 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 I don't know what happened, bro. That's why I remember him being on the last Uncle podcast. He said, bro, a lot. He does, yeah, he always says, bro, a lot. But so, I mean, I would ask where this would be on the list, but is it above or below World War Three? <sighs> I, I'd say it's above. Simply because World War Three's got three rings in the pay view for the entire entire time, um, and it looks look stupid. I'd say it's slightly above because the Nash Hall Harlem Heat Influence. match raises yeah. it that little bit. Although World War Three's got um, Stephen Regal looking scared coming down to the ring. It's gonna be equal then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, no, we, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay a rule down. We can't have joint. Can't have joint. Right. It's can't have joint. It's, it's above. It's above because it's got the, it's it, it, it features the NWO at the start of that kind of thing, and that's one of the yeah. main chapters. And like I say, I quite like bits of the the main uh, Barbarian match. Yeah, oh, there's bits and of the matches like... that are fine. But it's just all the shenanigans that surrounds it. That's a bit. It's, yeah, it's so overbooked. Was Dusty in charge at this point? I wonder. Does he have any influence in the booking? Um, I don't know. A lot, of, a lot <laughs> of the finishes feel screwy and kind of dusty-ish. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the, this is the ninth best pay view of all time. Wow. We, we really should do like a decent WCW one one day. One, <laughs> one we day. know is good. One day. We'll do some research. We'll, I'll get some do top some guys research. on we'll it. Go, what's the best WCW pay per view? I'll get some top guys working on it. I'm thinking a lot of the ones like the early 90s like uh, are quite good, apparently. Some of the like the that when um Flair and uh, what's his face was going through their feud. What's his name? Ricky Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, Flair and Steamboat. Or we could have um what's there's the there's one that has like a I remember watching it on like VHS at my mate's house in like the early nineties because he bought it. I can't remember the name of it now, but it was um it's Sting, Luger, Flair, and the Great Muta. Wow! In like a round robin tournament. Yeah. So they wrestle like three times a night, all of them, against each other. All the best people you've got, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, pretty much. And it yeah. was like, you, you get like, I think it's like 20 points for a pinfall, 10 points for like a DQ. Oh, man, they do come, That's the thing, is it? Like, you just have a win to that and a loss is that. It's like yeah, when they did the um, on World War Three, there was like a, a 10-page list of the rules came up on the screen about what happens. Yeah. Uh, no, that, uh, War Games, that, that was it. I think I was watching the War Games pay-per-view and there's literally about 10 rules they put on screen in text form oh, they go war through what happens war games 92 man they would do a war game at some point but we're, we're, we're not, not next time I'm not sure what the next pay-per-view is going to be not I pay-per-view. know what the next pay-per-view is going to be are you picking next pay-per-view are you? I'm picking it yeah oh god what is it going to be going to announce this, but yeah announce it this is the one that me and Al have colluded together in <laughs> more politicking what's going yeah, on yeah exactly well, well Al to, to explain Alan bless him is 
as people probably know who listen to this podcast, me and Al both work in the same place. We work for an opticians. And Al's training to be a dispensing optician, which is kind of like a high-up job in the whole chain of command. Um, and he's currently studying like a man. So if, if opticians were, let's say, um, DX in the late 90s, right? which wrestler would a dispensing optician be? In the late nineties, um, yeah. let's say, I'd say Triple H DX because there's more people there to to pick from. So, so Triple H is like your optician, yeah. Yeah, he'd be he'd definitely be X Pac. Wow, so quite high up. Yeah, in, yeah, it's quite in high the up. clique. Oh yeah, definitely in the clique. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Definitely in the clique. Thank uh, you. I, I understand what we're talking about now. Continue. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I was thinking we need to do a pay per view that Al can do because he knows it from memory. Yeah, he doesn't have to spend the time rewatching it because he's kind of busy right now. Yeah. So as a mate, he was like, "Is it your pick next?" I went, "Well, yeah, I think it is." He went, "All right, well, what are you going to choose then? You'll probably choose something rubbish." I was like, oh, "Well, I was going to," and I explained the idea. I was like, well, "I'm going to do something that you know, you know, blah 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 blah." Me and Al both settled for the next episode being the yeah. ni- the 1990 version of the Survivor Series. Wait, is this the one with the ten man tag team match? Um, I don't. Think it is, and that's 1989. <sighs> but it does feature, as we all know, the debut of the Undertaker, <gasps> who comes wow. who comes out of the ring with Brother Love, which is a sight to behold. I love you. That will Yeah, thank you. I can do a good Brother Love. That's fine. Um. So yeah. So uh, ne- next time we'll do the 1990 Survivor Series. Because Al knows it from memory and doesn't have to watch it again. No, you are right. I think it was the Survivor Series before, which is the, the 10 tag team match. I think the Survivor Series before was the 45-minute long 10-team tag match, which is actually really good. Yeah, we'll do that at some point, I suppose. But yeah. we, I think, actually, we'll have our tag team something before then, won't we? Were we going to do a tag team? I don't know. Uh, we were going to do, like, when we did the Intercontinental, um, what was the best Intercontinental match of, well, about a year ago now. <laughs> um, it was... Um, tag teams were next, weren't they? I think. Tag teams, I think, were uh, muted as being next on the list because I struggled with it because I was desperate to do LOD. And now I've watched some of the 90s pay-per-views that were on, I've come to the conclusion that LOD were a bit crap. <laughs> I think um, they were good um, when they were new. Yeah, like, uh, when but, they kind of hit in the eighties, but then way till we get to nineties, tag teams moved on so much. They are desperately formulaic. Yeah, <laughs> um, and also, as I say, we just watched WrestleMania fourteen, and that's the one where they re-debuted them. Yeah, with Sonny. That makes sense. You you look at Sonny and you think, yeah, Road Warriors, don't you? Why would you partner them with Paul Ellering, who's like an amazing talker? Why would you do that? Yeah, why you just give them Sonny because she's. Got breasts. Does at one point does one of them say, "Tell him, Sonny." Sadly, not. Yeah, oh, anyway. the, there's one of the papers They the, the promos. They just kind of go, "Tell him, Hawk. Tell him, Animal. Tell him, Paul. Yeah, tell him, like, Animal. Yeah, tell him." Brilliant. I love, I love, any kind of promo game with a sentence saying, "Tell him, somebody else." <laughs> yeah, tell it. him, partner. I love it. It's brilliant. So that was a weird conquistable. That was yeah. It, we knew we weren't going to have Al, and then we had Ewan, and Ewan's laptop blew up, and that's him. why he's not been limo on blew up. Hour limo and a half. Up. Limo blew up. Oh god, limo. Sorry, yeah, the limo. Limo. All London is smiling. All London is smiling. Um, but yeah, that was that. That was a good one. Yeah, that was that was. Uh, we got two T-shirts out of this podcast, which will be on the store soon. The Conquista store. The the Conquista store. That was with the best name for it. But I, I don't think that's. Are we, are we ever going to set up a? The, I don't think we'll ever get to the stage where we sell T-shirts. 
I genuinely don't think they'd sell at the moment. Well, we'll have a Patreon soon. Don't worry about it. With um, with um, uh, Ewan flashes that conquistable sign, the the, the 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 social media engagement will go through the roof. It'll come flooding in. Come flooding in then. What can I say? We can get a Patreon. We can pay for stuff. It'll be amazing. It'll be incredible. We'll have a little little recording studio. <laughs> It'll be, It'll be great. Well, we'll just we got, meet well right now. We're we're in the conquistable towers. Remember. It's like Conquist- Titan Towers, but Conquistable Towers. Conquistable Towers is pretty bloody big. <laughs> yeah. It's like it stretching to- all the way from Gloucester up to Gretna. Yeah. It's, it's the Conquista Studios of our heart. Oh, bless. Oh, there you go. Bless. There you go. Bless. Oh, what a soppy note to end the podcast on. Oh, yeah, there you go. See? Yeah. We were talking about brother love. <laughs> I love you. That's what he said. It's what the man said. Uh, my favourite brother love moment is when he had, um, I think it's one of the Royal Rumbles, and he was talking to um, Sapphire, you know, Dusty, Ro- Dusty yeah. Rose's thing. And he kept asking her a question and cutting her off before she could answer a question. I was going to go, so what do you think of that? And she got to go, well, and he go, well, I think of this. <laughs> Take knife away from her. It was oh, for about dear. 20 minutes, something stupid like that. It was ridiculous. Oh, Christ. Rambling promos of 20 minutes long. Yep. It's not a new God. thing. Not a new thing. That's how we did it, brother. That's how we did it. Back before the dirt cheats. <laughs> it is what it is. Is what it is. Is what it is. <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> You're very philosophical, man, sometimes. I got that on a t-shirt to stuff that. It is what it is. Is what it is. What it is. Is what it is. Is what it always will be. I thought one, um, um, the WrestleCrate um, Facebook page did a competition, but I didn't realize you could only enter it if you were subscribed to WrestleCrate. And they said, I'll make up a t shirt idea. We'll see if you can make it. And I thought, I've been like, Larry at all, like the Japanese commentator said. Yeah. Only the O's go like round under the armpit and onto the back of the t shirt. <laughs> it just goes like right round. Well, that'd be good. Nice. That'll be on the Conquistador as well. That's that's three T-shirts, four T-shirts, four T-shirts. We're building up an empire here. I'm like, this is gonna be this is gonna pay for everything. This is this was we'll be paying for us to go to WrestleMania next year. Yeah, yeah. VIP brother, VIP. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, we'll be yeah. in Orlando holding up the uh, UN sign. Yeah, pretty much. At Conquistador. <laughs> pretty much. Follow us, please. Follow us on hey. Twitter. Yes. At Conquistador. No one else really uses the Twitter. Thing, but you know, I'll, I'll go for it. Yeah, we've got the SoundCloud page now. SoundCloud.com slash the Conquistables. Uh, just search, so, search yes. for Conquistables, you'll find it. Just yeah, you'll find it on there. That'll be grand. And Facebook, search for it on there. And Medium. I'm, we're going to start moving things to Medium at some point as well. Yeah, because it seems to be a lot easier to use than. than, than so if than you enjoy Cameron's Tumblr. writings, there'll be a, like a nice kind of publication on there. Yeah, it'll be grand. Publication! Tell him, Cameron. Publication. <laughs> It'll be great. Why? It's much harder than it looks, isn't it? It is much harder than it looks. Yeah, you suddenly got the baton past you, and it's you have to What? Huh? What? Oh me. Okay. What good. Yeah. So we've got all those things up in the way, and the conquistador. store. I'll design some t-shirts tonight. I'll be up on tomorrow. Yeah. Why not? Ladies and gentlemen. The conquistadors have left the building. Randy, the winner. One borrowed time. A lot of people out there are looking for.
Before we did this, do you understand that? Snap into it!